Boyle reports. Arriva says that bus services are suspended as a mark of respect to the family of the girl who's been named as Maya Alea Shazad. It says their deepest condolences go to the family of Maya and their thoughts are with all her family, friends and the whole community at this tragic loss. The company says bus services are currently diverted along Dallow Road and Hatter's Way and will resume as soon as they feel it's appropriate. Kurdish forces in northern Iraq say they've taken back two towns from Islamic State militants with the help of American military support. Islamic State militants have been targeting Christian and Yazidi minorities in northern areas. Monsignor Nizar Siman from the Syrian Catholic community in the UK says they desperately need help. If no one come and help us and help maybe Iraqi new government, as we hope, to think in different way regarding the minorities of Iraq, I think there is no future. We need someone who believes in the human rights who defend the human rights to come and save these minorities. The West Coast mainline in Hertfordshire is closed again today for major engineering work. Over three weekends in August, the line is closed between Watford Junction and London Euston. Craig Lewis has more. This is the first of three three-day periods between August 9th and 26th when trains won't run between Milton Keynes and London Euston. Network Rail say the closure is due to essential upgrade work. Passengers are advised to find an alternative route while the closures are in place. In sport, Northern Ireland's Rory McIlroy says he played the best golf of his life to win the US PGA Championship. The world number one finished 16 under par, one shot ahead of Phil Mickelson to claim his fourth major golfing title. The weather will be blustery with sunshine and scattered showers this afternoon. Top temperatures around 21 degrees Celsius at 70 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. If you hear a whisper... Guess give up us our shells. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Lovely community here and that, that's, that's the strongest thing. It's all about where you live. Got the Bluebell Woods, which is about five, ten minutes away from here. All this week, we're featuring Flamstead and Markiate. It's a very tight-knit family community and draws people in. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Wag one. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Morning. Isn't it? Isn't it dark? No. By saying that, I mean it's dark. It's dark, isn't it? Two weeks ago, driving in, it was it was brilliant sunshine. Now it was dazzling. It was like that place um, in Alaska where they never have uh, nighttime. Finland's not in Alaska, I don't think. Is it? Ah. But now it's like, it's a permanent darkness out there. Hey, how was that hurricane at the weekend for you? Yeah, we had a little bit of rain one night. That was it! A little bit of rain! It's in all the papers. Hurricane Bertha causes havoc across the country. A little bit of rain. Coming up on the show, dodgy carers, railway delays, and the sad tale of a very, very hairy cat. Oh, she's back. Hello. Hi. Is this going to be awkward? It's not awkward for me. Well, it should be. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
Come on, you know it's good to be back, isn't it? <laughs> no. Um, Justin Dealey. I feel like Justin Dealey. This is the kind of stuff he plays, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Hey, here's a story that you'll be interested in. If uh, you've got a grandparent or a the partner or a parent who uh, relies on carers, imagine how you'd feel if the person hired to take care of your terminally ill mum stole from her. And not just like a few quid. That would be bad enough. But tens of thousands of pounds. Well, I've been speaking to a woman called Lisa Fletcher from Luton. Her mother's carer stole, get this, guys, get this, you ready? £35,000. Well, a carer stole £35,000 from a dying woman. Now, she got an 18-month sentence, but then she was freed after four months. Well, here's Lisa's reaction. I started to get a little suspicious, but not of her. Mm. I, I, I don't know, I just felt uncomfortable in general of the situation, but I didn't ever think it was anything to do with her. Then um, my brother called me one day and said, something's really wrong. I've just opened a letter, a, um, a court summons for unpaid council tax. Um, my mum was old school. She didn't owe anyone any money. She paid her way. Um, and at that point, the alarm bells started to ring. We rang the bank. Um, my mum was overdrawn, which she'd never been overdrawn mm. in her life. 
Um, and over the next sort of 12 hours, everything unravelled and the police became involved. Um, I viewed CCTV that night and saw Deborah Thompson withdrawing cash from my mum's account, which was probably one of the lowest points of my life when I saw her doing that. Is my mum was devastated and petrified. I think that's really? the, the thing that was hardest for us. She had night terrors. Oh she was so vulnerable. And I, I think it's really hard to put yourself in that position that not only, you can't move. You can't talk very well anymore, so you can't tell anyone how frightened you are. We had to get panic buttons installed. Mm. Um, I had to have a live-in carer then, which again stole my mum's last bit of independence and stole our privacy with our mum. Well, you can hear the full interview with Lisa a little bit later on in the show. Uh, joined now by Colette McKeveney, Director of Age Concern Luton. Morning, Colette. Oh, Colette, where are you? Are you there? Are you there? No, you've gone. Colette! She's disappeared. Let's hunt her down. What's interesting is... I know, look, Ellis, come on, for goodness sakes. Is she there? What fader should I go to? Let's try... Fader... One. Hello, Colette. Oh, hello, Colette, you're there. Why can't I... Mm, can you hear her? I can't hear her. Oh, hang on a second. Hang on a second. Hmm. Interesting. There's... Uh, Colette, can you hear me? Hello, hi. Oh, there you are! <laughs> I've got no idea what happened, but I shall, I shall find out who's responsible and have them roundly flogged, Colette. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's, I'm afraid, listen, it's out of your hands now. Leave it to me. Listen, sorry for that. Uh, you, you heard Lisa's story there, and a, a, an almost identical thing happened to my mum when she had carers going in. They took about three grand and all of her jewellery. How common is this kind of behaviour? To be honest with you, I don't think anybody really knows how common it is. Um, it's really hard to track. You know after the event, but you don't know when it's going on. And one of the big things, Ian, I think, is that people like Lisa um, feel so awful. They feel they've let everybody down. Yep. They feel they should have known. But, you know, you can't know what you don't know. What, what are the checks and balances for carers when, when they're going for the jobs? How thorough are the checks? Okay, well, you know, that's a fantastic question because it varies enormously. Everybody's subject to DBS checks, which, you know, if they've been convicted before, yes, that's going to pick it up. But if they've never been convicted before, that's not going to pick it up. Um, They're recruited, there's references. And again, if you've got referees that are sort of candid and, you know, if you've been in a similar job and someone said, yes, this person is a very trustworthy person, that's going to mean something. But, you know, we all know that references can vary. You can get the guy down the road. You can get someone who's equally dishonest to give you a reference. Um, You know, they don't do much. The way I look at it is the only way that you know for sure is when you're the person who's recruiting, you need to take a really, really, really um, serious look at who you're taking on. Mm. You've got to look at the character of that person. You've got to test them. You've got to think, okay, is this somebody I would like to look after someone I love? I call it the mum test. And that's the in- an interesting thing, because Deborah Thompson, the woman involved here, and the carers who nicked stuff from my mum, they were lovely people. And they, they, they gave the impression of, you know, being uh, friends. Be- they, were f- they were friends as well as care- or carers in the literal sense of the word. Yeah. It can be... It, it, it's a real betrayal, isn't it? You've invited someone into your house to look after you or one of your loved ones, and uh, yeah. they seem all nice and friendly, and, and then they do something as, as bad as this. Yeah, and I mean, you know, sort of the, the, you know, anyone who betrays your trust in any relationship, 
uh, I, I just think it is it is so damaging. It's so hard to get over. Everybody feels a sense of um, how could this possibly happen? Really, coming back to my point about the recruitment and the management of mm. them, it comes down to the people that are actually sending them into your home to be um, you know pretty sure about the character of this person. I think there's loads of things. I mean, you know, I was having this conversation yesterday with someone, you know, knowing that there was, I was coming on the program. And um, this guy said to me, he said, well, it's all about the low pay that they're getting, isn't it? But that's not an excuse. Mm. You know, if, if you're getting good pay or you're getting low pay, that doesn't fundamentally change the character of the person. However, if a person feels exploited by their employers and they're going into someone else, they see themselves as the one who's suffering you know, um, mm. that's a character issue. That's a management issue. So, you know, I, th- I think it's complicated in as much as, number one, you've got to get people that would never dream of doing that, regardless of what's going on in their lo- yeah. life. And I mean, people say, well, how would you know? Um, you know, we've been running care services for 20 years and I haven't got one example of any of my girls ever taking money. And I, I think that's an important thing. This, this does happen, but it's, it's probably quite rare, isn't it? You, you, you sh- maybe it's, it's good to have a healthy air of suspicion about people coming into yours or your parents' home, but, you know, I don't want everyone to be panicking this morning, thinking, oh my gosh, my carer's, uh, you know, a thief. No, absolutely. And I mean, you know, coming in, you have to you have to be able to trust someone who's doing intimate tasks for you. If someone's helping you with toileting or washing or feeding, they're almost parental, aren't they? You know, you might be a fully grown adult. You might have all your capabilities about your mind. It's just your body's not working well. And you need to be able to trust someone to do things for you. If you feel you can't trust them, you wouldn't want them to do those intimate tasks. So, you know, the person is in a unique position, but the character of the person is what it comes down to. Ultimately, at the end of the day, there are many, many, many low-paid people who would never dream of hurting the people they care for. Claire, I appreciate your time. Apologies for the uh, mix-up at the start. Whose fault was that? Ellis's. Was it really? Yeah. You Listen, was it? I mean, I've had two hours sleep, but yeah. Okay. Just going off on With a very slight worry. tangent, have you, do you think you've learnt a lesson? About what? Over the last couple of weeks? No, I've learnt nothing. Golf. Anyway, did you miss me? Did anything happen? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. That was Colette McKeveney, your Director of Age Concern Luton. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 heading clockwise. Two lanes are closed at the moment, causing delays between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 26 at Waltham Abbey. Um, that's due to an earlier vehicle fire causing these problems. In Hartford, Old Cross at the moment is closed in both directions, between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street. That's due to some emergency repairs that are taking place. Also, Wrexham Street is closed as well at Rowley Street. That's due to a fallen tree there. So far, looking across the local live departure boards for the trains, everything Things running well across the three counties. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 6.16. It's Monday the 11th of August. Wowzers. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A carer from Luton who stole £35,000 from the woman she looked after has spent just four months in prison. Bus services remain suspended through Berry Park in Luton after a three-year-old girl was fatally knocked down. And the West Coast Main Line is completely closed in Hertfordshire today for major engineering work. If that's affecting your day, give us a call 08459 455555. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. 
Every weekday morning from nine, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Lots to discuss. Do you agree with her? Do you think she speaks a lot of sense? With the biggest questions. Should Muslim women be allowed to wear the veil in court? And is it fair to only give people this kind of benefit for three months? And the biggest opinions. I'd like to hear from you. I feel strongly because... Children should be taught in a structured way. You know, there's nothing better in life than real-life experience. Don't be patronising. Excuse me, I'm talking, sorry. There's two words here. Common sense. Well, my pet hate... I feel really strongly about it. We're talking about that. I agree with you. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you know what I fancy a bit of? I hate to think. Not that. Um, can we? I fancy a song from Frozen. Okay. We've been listening to Frozen a lot in the car, and what's wonderful, and I know your, your girls do this, but my four- and two-year-old boys both... <laughs> Just singing with wild abandon. Yeah. I kept turning the music off so I could catch them singing. They were loving it. My two-year-old builds the castle. Yeah, she's yeah. She stamps on the ground and then she does the big uh, sexy reveal at the end. There's lots not of appropriate. there's lots of arm movements going on in the back of the car and lots of just really. I, I've, I mean, they sing along to lots of stuff. They they have a bizarre mix of singing along to Beyonce, the Monkeys, and Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can tell which camps me and my wife fall into. But with the Frozen, they were they were letting it go. They were having it out. Which is what it's all about. It's what it's all about. Can we have a song from Frozen? Yeah, go on. I know which... Well, well, have you got... Can you get it? What now? Well, uh... Tell you what, you talk to Bob, I'll get one. All right, nice one. Morning, Bob! Morning, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Bob. What have you got? Good, I'm good, yeah. I've been listening to your news. Oh, yeah. At six o'clock. The person who took £35,000 and done four months in jail is disgraceful. Tell me why. Well, I've worked 62 years. And I ain't got 35000 in the bank. I paid all my bills. I mean, that is disgraceful. You should have, you should have robbed a dying woman, Bob. Yeah, uh, that is, that, that's really funny, mate. That's really funny. The other bit is... Uh, Sorry? The other, the other bit of snippet from your news is Arriva has stopped all buses on Berry Park. Yes, that's right. Through Berry Park after a girl was, uh, was killed. They're correct. They can't get a driver to drive around there now in case you get stoned. Well, is that, I don't think that's necessarily the reason. <laughs> I do. What, what, what makes you say that? Well, because that's why they stopped the buses. I, I thought it was while they were doing an investigation into what happened. It's already happened in Luton, as you well know. OK, so where have you heard this, that, that, that no driver will bus, drive the buses in case they, quote, get stoned? Correct, yes. Yeah, no, the, it was a question. Where have you heard this? It's inside, inside information, sir. From, from where? From, from inside the bus company? Yes. And your uh, contact? I'm not telling you that, am I? I should be such a fool. Okay, Bob. Thank you very much indeed. Ah, oh, dearie me. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you wanted to give us a call. I'm still there? finding it. I'm well, just. <laughs> hang on, just bear me a moment. Am I going to play cameo first? Then you can do. Uh, I can.
loves he loves berries. He loves berries. Candy. Sweet like candy, isn't it? Candy. Hey, bad news, guys! If you use the West Coast Main Line through Milton Keynes, there'll be disruption to your journeys for the next three Mondays, as well as Tuesday the 26th, because of a very odd definition of weekend engineering work. The line is closed between Watford Junction and London Euston this morning for essential upgrade work, and we're being warned they'll need to do more next year. Fun times, guys. Fun times. If it's affecting you this morning, do give us a call. 08459 455 555. Well, Justin Dealey asked Hassard Stackpole from Network Rail how much it would cost. What a fantastic name. Well, the, it is costing about £80 million, and this is a uh, renewal of uh, track and signalling, which was last renewed back in the 1960s when the line was electrified. Um, the benefits of the passengers will be you have a more resilient railway. What does that mean? That means that when there is disruption, um, we, can, uh, we, can, we can run the railway much more efficiently and hopefully keep the disruption to a minimum. Also, it means, crucially, that we can actually take... Uh, couple of the lines out during normal operations and maintain them safely while maintaining a rail, existing rail service and, and not disrupt passengers. Is this the easiest time to do it? Have you looked at this and you thought, OK, it's August, the, the kids are off school, number of people will be on holiday. Is this why you've chosen August? Yes, essentially. The, the eight weekends that we have chosen are, 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 are the traditionally the quietest times in the year. So they are holidays, half-term, uh, Easter, Christmas. And that's why we do it. We, we, we choose times which will disrupt the minimum amount of people. We don't like to disrupt people, but to maintain a railway, to keep it safe, and to allow people to get to their destination safely, we have to maintain it. And sometimes we have to take it out. And the times that we choose to take it out are where, when we're not going to disrupt people. So the least amount of people, the quietest time of the year is actually uh, July and August uh, for, for passenger numbers. Hassard Stackpool. Surely the quietest time to do it is, um, um, like night time and stuff? That, is that not right, Kath? Would you not have thought? Or actual weekend. Actual weekend. So, you know, maybe you start 11 o'clock Friday night, you work through Friday, uh, through Saturday, Sunday, you work through, you have two, te- two teams doing two shifts. Yeah, you kind of wait for everyone to get home <clears> on, the, on the Friday, like you yeah. say. Uh, or you do it, or, or do it through the night as well. Mm-hmm. I don't. Mm. Anyway, well, if it's affecting you this morning, or what about in the afternoon? About to give the number out. Oh wait, what do you mean in the afternoons? Well, you know, once everyone's in work, is everyone there? Okay, give us two rings this once is, you're in. Let the digging commence. This is 2014. People uh, work flexi time now. People work Their in fault. kinds. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I knew you'd pick this song. This is my second favourite song from Frozen. It's my most favourite. The other one <clears> I've heard too much. Which is the other one? Let it go. That's my third favourite. Let it go. The the best favourite is um The Snowman. No, no, that's my fourth favourite. No, that's my third favourite. The Let It Go is my fourth favourite. Fixer Upper. Oh, I like that one. That's too. a good song. That's my favourite. That instead. Well no, we'll play that one tomorrow. Excellent idea. <laughs> Okay, can I just say something crazy? I love crazy. All my life has been a series of doors in my face. And then suddenly I bump into you. I was thinking the same thing. Because, like, I've been searching my whole life to find my own place. And maybe it's the party talking or the chocolate fondue. (laughs) But with you. But with you, I found my place. I see your face. And it's nothing like I've ever known before Love is an open door 
crazy what? We finish each other's Sandwiches That's what I was gonna say I've never met someone Who thinks so much like me Jinx Jinx again Our mental synchronization Can have but one explanation You And I Were Just meant to be something crazy will you marry me can i say something even crazier yes yeah come on guys if you've not seen frozen even here's a thing i went to see the awful awful planes 2 yesterday it is awful and it's a you I haven't i'm seen telling any... a story go on it's good i'll do it after this Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M25 heading clockwise. Two lanes are closed at the moment between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 26 at Waltham Abbey uh, due to a vehicle fire that happened a little earlier on. On the anti-clockwise stretch on the M25, there's a lane closed because of a broken down vehicle between Junction 26, Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. Delays also not being helped by the um, other opposite carriageway problems there. In Hartford, Old Cross at the moment is closed um, for emergency repairs between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street and at Wrexham Street as well at the moment is blocked because of a fallen tree at Rowley Lane so do expect some problems in the area so far checking on the departure boards for the trains everything's running well so far this morning Nicola Richards BBC Three Counties Radio Across beds, hearts and bugs This is BBC Three Counties Radio It's half past six. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines are Kara from Luton who stole £35,000 from the dying woman she looked after has been released early from prison. The daughter of Denny's Newson says she's disgusted that 21-year-old Deborah Thompson served four of her 18-month sentence. Arriva Buses has suspended services through Berry Park in Luton following the death of a three-year-old girl who was knocked down on Friday. Police are appealing for witnesses to the accident on Dunstable Road. Commuters on the West Coast mainline are into the third day of closures for engineering work. Over three weekends in August, the line will be closed between Watford Junction and London Euston. The weather will be blustery with sunshine this morning and scattered showers this afternoon. Top temperatures around 21 degrees Celsius. That's 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rory McIlroy has won the US PGA Championship at Valhalla in Kentucky. It's his fourth major golfing title and his second win in a row after victory at the Open in Hoylake last month. Ian Carter was watching. McIlroy, with back-to-back major victories, takes another giant leap in the dark towards golfing greatness. He's embraced by his caddy, J.P. Fitzgerald. He's been a man on a mission, and it's mission accomplished. Arsenal won the Community Shield, beating Manchester City 3-0 at Wembley. The Arsenal midfielder Jack Wilshere says they were keen to show the Premier League champions they can challenge for the title this season. I think the message that we wanted to send out is that we're ready. 
you know, we've had a good pre-season, we've worked hard and now, you know, this is, a, this is our last game in pre-season, it's our biggest test of pre-season and, and we've we passed it, so, you know, we're ready for the start of the season, you know, it's not going to, because we beat the champions doesn't mean we're going to be the champions, of course it doesn't, it's not, it's, it doesn't work like that, but, you know, we showed that we're ready. MK Don started their season with a 4-2 win at home to Gillingham, however, manager Carl Robinson knows expectations are high for tomorrow night's performance. There's going to be many, many more ob- obstacles that are going to come very, very quickly, obviously AFC and Peterborough now, um, all the focus turns onto them. Um, firstly, AFC here, so we want to start again on the front foot in that game, and we'll see where that takes us. And finally, England's cricket selectors have announced an unchanged 13-man squad for the fifth test, starting on Friday at the Oval. Stuart Broad may wear a protective master play after suffering a broken nose in the fourth test. That's BBC Three Counties News and Sport. More at 7 o'clock. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. What is that? That's the new... Listen, while you've been on gardening leave, shall we say politely, suspension, uh, Scoins was producing. He, He didn't add a lot to the show. One thing he did add was a catchphrase. I heard he had his own theme tune. That's true, yes. But that wasn't for the show. That was just when he was walking around the office. Oh, right. Every time he walked in the room, I got a text saying, press play on the tape player. <laughs> and I had to play his theme tune. It was weird. Anyway. But he that, brought this as well. He, well, I say he brought this. Now, this is Has interesting. Has been on a course? This came from an... Oh, gosh. This came from an... In, he stole it from an old woman. What? We spoke to an old woman, like, day one, after you'd... Um, I think you are probably at court that day. Yeah. Um, she was the president... I can't believe I'm going to say it. She was the president of a Cliff Richard fan club. You know my feelings on Cliff. Well, careful, because those people are not to be messed with. No, exactly. And her fr- her catchphrase was, if you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Paul- About what? Cliff Richard? Yes. And I said, boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy. I'll certainly give you a few whispers about an up-and-coming tour he's got. Yes. Anyway, I know, I know. She was great. She was in her 60s and her mum was in her 90s and they ran it together. They were brilliant. Well, it brings people together, doesn't uh, it? But so Scoins, Scoins nicked it. JD took it to the street and this is what we got. If you hear a whisper, give us a shower. Yeah? Give us a shower? No, no. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Oh, that sounds scary. Respect to the if boss. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Or oh, come round, break your legs. Whoa. Well, that was freestyle. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where that came from. It does sound somewhat sinister. I think the, catch, the catchphrase is staying, Boyle. Well, It's good, isn't it, Richard? Well, so yeah, yeah, that's why I phoned in to give you a shout. There you go, he's heard a whisper, he's given us a shout. It's a great way of collecting local content. What's the whisper, Richard? The whisper is, the new Noah film with Russell Crowe is absolutely dreadful. Well, I've seen it. Absolutely dreadful. I've seen it, and I'd seen a more dreadful film before, so I thought it was all right. You, did you watch it on aeroplane? Yes. Because films on aeroplanes are always a hundred <laughs> times... <laughs> Hang on, Richard, <laughs> Richard, Richard, <laughs> Richard, what, what, what? We're, we're talking, mate. Yeah, well, so am I. Yeah, well, I'm talking, I have the ability to stop you. So films on aeroplanes are always much better than they actually are. Well, no, the, um, these were dire. The, I saw Frank. Yeah, you didn't like that? No, I oh, thought it was mate. awful. Why did you think it was awful? I did, it was like a French film. It didn't yeah. get going, and then when it did, it was finished. Oh, for that. So that... Um, and also, I, then I watched um, the aforementioned Noah. Yeah. Um, and my only complaint was that I couldn't really hear it very well because of the sound of the <laughs> engines of the plane. Because, you know, um, Russell Crowe? Yeah. Talking about that all the time. Yeah. What, with the Northern And my headphones accent? were rubbish. No, no, it wasn't from Barnsley. But, you know, there's plenty going on. I could tell what was what. It's about the rain, isn't it? There was a bit of nonsense in there about sort of big rock monsters. That... Apart from that, good film. Thanks for your call, Richard. <laughs> 
Richard, you didn't like it, did you? He's still there. I know he's there. I... Well, are you, am I allowed to speak now? No, you're not, actually. Uh, 08459 No, you haven't. Um, I have a bit. No. Uh, so I saw Planes 2. What for? Because the boy... Well, because my wife put the tickets for the boys and then she got called into That's work. A cruel trick. But it was in 3D, right? And my youngest refuses to wear the 3D glasses. He wore the glasses going into the cinema and watching the adverts. Then when the film started, he took the 3D glasses off and it really annoyed me. Mm-hmm. I, was, I mean, it was, it was frustrating me. Yes. I was angry with him. Did you pay extra for the 3D? 70 pence. But also, it's not even the money. It's the fact that I know he's not... He's just watching a blur. Yeah. Well, Out of sheer pig-headedness. Why would you do that? Um, because he's three. He's two. Oh, well, there you go. Really, it really, it really My- wound me up, Kevin. Hello, Ian. Hello, Kevin. How are you? What, why is there the Larson effect on your line? Why is there a what? Feedback. That's what I'm, that's what I'm going to talk to you about. Oh, OK, through the noise. OK, yes. Um, I live in Bushmead, and I don't know whether you guys down there know, there was sometime during the night, yeah. power cut. Oh, right, OK. And oh. the power came back on a, or in our area about half past four. Yeah. And since half past four, we've been listening to... And I'll, I'll just take the phone away from my ear for a second. Flipping it. <sighs> where's, this, yeah. where's this coming from, Kevin? I wish I knew. Right. Whoa! Danny. We've got a mission for you. Danny's, Danny's JD I, today. So, hang on, so there's just a loud whistling noise. You know yeah. not whence it's from? Uh, no, I spoke to... Because um, I thought, Stopped. Who, shall I, who shall I phone when I have a problem? I phoned one... You know their non-emergency police number? Yeah. 101. I don't think you can phone them just because you can hear um, feedback. Well I, thought, well, I thought it was a burglar alarm. Oh, right, OK. Right. They it's... think... Although she didn't, she didn't know it. She said, "Blimey, is that in your?" No, that's outside my house. That's outside the house. That's outside the so house. So it's not a computer or a radio, or no. there's not. You can't trace it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just gone out into my back garden. Flipping it. And this is what, this is what we can hear. She, the lady at the police thinks because not all the houses are back on <sighs> yet. It. it might be an alarm that needs to be reset somewhere. But that, no alarm sounds like that. Well, she said it might be something to do with the batteries or something. I don't know. But right. I, can't, I can't work out where the hell it's coming from. Right, Kevin, right. stay on the line. We're going to put you through to uh, Danny. Danny, we've got a mission for you. Do you accept it? I accept You're contractually obliged to, so I'm glad you... I'm glad that she said Loud this. noise correspondent, Danny. The loud noise correspondent, Danny Bailey, will be winging your way. That's... Oh, that's horrible. La- Can you that's go higher worse. than that? Oh, no. I can't... Hang on. I had to work up. That's that sorted. Who could do the lowest? You probably can. You're quite butch. Thanks. You're welcome. We've done this before. It's, it's always a fun game, though. <laughs> How's much that? Much, um, much, and much more confident in your loners. Uh, <laughs> well, have you got any stories from the paper? I've not had a look at them yet. Should we play a song? Yeah.
Here come the kids. Or Lindsay Buckingham on Helium. I like American children. Yeah, not so keen. <laughs> I tell you, okay, let's let's rate the world's children. Yeah. Um, at three. Mm. That's a tough one, actually, yeah. isn't it? It's a really tough one. I mean, to American do. children are, are loud. Don't get me wrong, no. but actually, their hearts are pure. No, their hearts are not pure. They are obnoxious. They pledge allegiance to the flag every day. They're subjected to a lot of stuff. They carry guns. They have guns uh, in their lunch. They call them lunch pails. Yeah, I like that. No, the idea that you take your lunch to school in a bucket. Okay, let's. I'm just going to throw. This is kind of off the cuff. I'm just making this up as I go along. Number three, Canadian children. Uh, I like Canadians. Oh, I like New Zealanders. Number two, New Zealand children. Number one, Japanese kids. Oh, Japanese right. kids are so cute, man, and they they're just cute. so friendly. When we went to Japan a few years ago, we went to see some, I don't know, some boring castle that some ninja used to own or something, uh, and there was a school trip there, and we had so many Japanese children, like groups of like three or four, would come up to me and my wife, and they'd have a little card, and they'd go, Hello, we are learning English. Where are you from, please? And they were Aww. learning, and they all came up, and they all had their little pre-prepared scripts, and it was wonderful. And if you went off piste a bit on the language, of course they couldn't understand, but they were. Co- Hurrah! We are learning English. Where are you from, please? And they're too polite to oh. express the idea that you might be talking nonsense. Yeah. Whereas American kids will say in in your face, "I don't understand a word you're saying." I don't understand what you're saying. Now I got my gun. You better start speaking sense, otherwise I'm going to pop a cap. In you. We had um, one child who was very taken with my two-year-old. There was a little boy. Oh, yeah. 
the first time my husband had to wade in, actually. Oh, really? To defend her against unwanted attention from a small those, boy. Those Americans start, He was like they? six or something. Yeah. And he kept saying, move your little baby at this in the pool. Move your little baby legs. Now, my daughter is two. Yeah. And she's basically John Cleese. Yeah. Oh. She said... What, she's, she's been divorced four times? No, she's very dry and a little bit rude. <laughs> yeah. And she said, excuse me, but I'm not a baby, I'm two. And then she turned to my husband well, and said, owned. can you tell this nasty boy to go? Wow. Fair play to her. Yeah, she's way posher than I am. Well, yeah. That, Thank goodness. That ain't difficult, mate. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton Spur starting to build up a little bit between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood roundabouts and Junction 10 for Luton Airport as those major roadworks continue. In Hartford, Old Cross at the moment is closed. Uh, between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street, that's due to some emergency repairs that are taking place. Starting to build up now in Brickywood on the North Orbital Road, just off the M25. And the M25 itself heading clockwise. Two lanes are closed at the moment. Between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey, that's due to uh, some recovery work taking place after vehicle fire. So far on the trains, everything's running well, no reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46, it's... uh, Could you do that a little bit quieter? No. Flipping it. Uh, It's Monday the 11th of August, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A carer who stole £35,000 from a dying woman in Luton has served just four of an 18-month prison sentence. Bus services remain suspended through Berry Park in Luton after a three-year-old girl was fatally knocked down. And the West Coast Main Line is completely closed in Hertfordshire today for major engineering work. Let's get the weather, here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. This morning, a bright start. After the uh, yesterday's dramatic weather, it does look like it's improved today, but we still have quite a breeze out there, quite a blustery breeze, and we will see one or two showers pop up pretty much anywhere through the course of the day. Now, when we do get them, they have the potential of being quite heavy. We could hear a rumble or two of thunder, but I suppose the good news is because of the breeze that we've still got, it is going to push those through quite quickly. Despite that, we still could see 5 to 10 millimetres of rain in the space of an hour. So some heavy showers, blustery, but also some lovely sunny spells. And in the sunshine, it'll feel quite warm, particularly if you're in a sheltered spot. We're looking at a maximum of 21 Celsius. Now, overnight, we're hanging on to the breeze. Still some showers around, eventually becoming fewer and further between. The minimum temperature between 12 and 14 Celsius. And for tomorrow, it's a similar sort of day. Still breezy, just slightly weakened from today's um speed but uh, still breezy one or two isolated showers but also some sunshine again temperature similar at 20 celsius and that's your forecast every weekday from three spend your afternoons talking about beds hearts and bucks it's an amazing venue if you haven't been to Amstel park get along it's absolutely beautiful discussing the biggest stories in terms of our people we've invested five million pounds to recruit new nurses in the company of friends howard berry and brown amanda devlin amanda what have you been watching this week i went to the happy days and debating the week's hottest topics the biggest problem is is actually lack of money lack of opportunities poor availability of training the use of cctv spy to catch people who park illegally is to be banned. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three, BBC Three Counties Radio. What happened there? What was Why that? Hanson skipped. Hang on a minute. Hanson skipped. 
This is good, this. Hang on. You know we have not even looked at the papers yet. Oh, do you want to look at... Do yeah, wanna... let's have a quick look. All right, go on, go on, do a paper. There's a woman here who's had four babies in nine months. OK, let's play a song. Oh, is there... hang on. What? She had one and then she had triplets. So I thought, phone in, oh, fodder. There we go. All at once or space them out. Call, Call me, me now. now. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, but she didn't... So she, what, she had triplets and a baby? Yeah. But she wasn't planned... Who came first? The baby. Right, so then that's... Big surprise! So then that's bad luck. Is it bad luck? Of course it is. Three, having a baby, and then nine months later, gosh, you'd be sore. Nine months later having triplets, that's bad luck. No one wants triplets. No one goes into a pregnancy saying, do you know what, I really want twi- triplets or weird twins. Weird twins? Twins are weird. We have twins in every generation of my family. Really? Yeah, my mum's a twin. Weird. Her uncle was a twin. Weird. His, uh, my cousins are twins. You say every generation. Yeah, so my mum's a twin. Right. Her sister had twins. But you've not had twins. No, well, there's a few more cousins, so I'm hoping they'll okay. get it. There's, twins are weird. They, I just don't trust them. I like twins. I I wouldn't want to be one. I think that twins may be the only people that have psychic abilities. Because they're the same person, aren't they, basically? Um, well, maybe sometimes genetically. Like but their soul is... They're, but they're going to have different experiences. Not always. Mm. Not if they're Siamese twins, they won't. Oh, well, yeah, that is a special case. But twins, I just don't, I just don't get. I, they make me so uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean, Ellis? Twins, do they make you uncomfortable. I think uncomfortable is. Cre- do they creep you out? No. Are they freaks? <laughs> Weird. Uh, I mean, you. If if that's. She wants to say yes. If you no, no. What? She, that, I'm going to take that as a yes. I'm going to take that as a yes. Is that okay if I take that as a yes? No. Okay. That's, she says yes. She I like twins. Twins, yes or no? Call oh, wait, me now. Four, four, nine, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, five. Hey, here's a story, local story. RSPCA put down our cat for having long hair. What the? By Francesca Infante. That's a great name. It's a beautiful name. name. A pet cat was put to sleep when the RSPCA wrongly accused its owners of animal cruelty. And there is a great picture of the family looking very, very stern, holding a framed picture of, of, of said, the cat. Yeah, beautiful cat. An inspector told Richard and Samantha Burns she feared for 16-year-old Claude's welfare because of his age, low weight and thickly matted hair. Objection. Yes. Cat was 16. Yeah, it's not long must have been doing something right. Yeah, exactly. 24 hours later, a vet put down the cat against the wishes of the family, who were threatened with prison if they refused to sign a consent form. I'd, I'd do the bird. If, if someone said, you're going to have to put Velvet down because you're cruel or you're going to prison, come on, man, I'm a conchy. Send me away. I'm doing a, a, a Muhammad Ali. I'm going to go to prison. In the following months, Mr Burns, an accountant, was dragged to court by the charity on cruelty charges. Wow, they actually went through with it. But on Friday, more than two years after the saga began, the CPS stopped in to halt the case. Um, this is crazy. Right. Um, Richard Burns is coming in, so maybe we can get, grab a word with him. Oh, is it? Is that the gentleman that's coming in? Yeah. Fantastic. So the dad is coming in. Brilliant. This is an insane story. The, the couple... This is because the cat had really long hair and it was matted. Is that right? Yeah. This is crazy. All right, if he's coming in, we'll have him. Excellent. We'll talk to him we'll about We'll talk that. to him because it just seems absolutely bonkers. And we'll also talk to the RSPCA, obviously, because yeah. they'll have their reasons They'll too. have their reasons. Uh, so we've got that. We've got Lionel Blair in uh, page, what was it, page 15 of the Daily Mail yes. saying that he's long been ridiculed as camp, but here a very pugnacious Lionel Blair, father of three in brackets, yeah. reveals the day I put a man in hospital for calling me a fairy. 
He, um, <clears throat> he was at, in the 1980s, was at an awards ceremony, like a rock awards ceremony for some reason. He was invited, ironically. He was sat next to, I believe, a member of Iron Maiden. I'm not totally sure. They got talking. They enjoyed each other's company. They went off and smoked a little bit of pot. That's a story that he's told that story himself in, in print. Good. That story's out there, don't you Good, worry about I that. Good, I saw another week no, off. No, 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 no. Lionel Blair, and I've met Lionel Blair, he is filthy. He really is. Yeah, but that's showbiz, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is showbiz. The whole actress said to the vicar thing, you know, the yeah. acting world oh, is riddled yes. with oh, filth. Yes. And the humour is camp yeah. and hilarious, for yeah. the most part. He was in, uh, he was in Celebrity Big Brother. And there was a, 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 a thing they filmed where they had to pretend they were in kind of an, an adult club. I think you know what I'm saying. Now... I saw the edited bits of that. Yeah. And I saw too much. I saw the bits that were not edited. Wowzers. Well, I gave you love, you know it. So when did you ungrow it? Inside the Jewish
Elton John. Some of the parties Elton John used to throw in the 1980s. Wowzers. Wowzers. So tomorrow is going to be Elton John Day. Yeah. Yep. With a bit of tangled, frozen, and yeah, let's, one thrown in. Yeah, oh, I love the frozen soundtrack. It is awesome, isn't it? The songs are so good. It's beautiful. When you watch it, you can see it being transmitted to the stage. I haven't. Uh, yeah, trans- do, transmitted, transported, whatever. I haven't seen it for a while, actually. And do you know what? The um, the family are going away on holiday from tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna play some Hanson loud. I'm gonna dance around in my pants. I'm gonna watch Frozen fully clothed. In Spain, they call that being De Rodriguez. I'm going to be De Rodriguez. Yeah, that means... I don't know why it's why Rodriguez is implied mm. or implicated, but that's, um, you know... I got um, punched to the ground by a fellow called Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Yeah. Very old-fashioned name, that. He was from Chile. Mm. Well, that explains it. Hey, I wanted to talk about this very quickly. Yeah, go on. Frank Maloney, f- fight promoter Frank Maloney. I'm not really shocked, aware of Frank Maloney. Shocked but... the world of boxing yesterday. Did yeah. he? Did he? I, I think they've seen quite a bit by revealing he's undergoing a sex change. Um, and they've got a picture of him in the papers. Um, this is the one I'm looking at, page 21 of the Daily Mail. He's dressed very tastefully. Well. Yeah. He's turned it out. And actually, I think he, he's very brave. He's taken a brave decision. They snapped him in the street, which is when it was all revealed over the weekend. And uh, he's, he's coming out and talking about it. And I think it's incredibly brave. And I, I know that people... Like but to have a laugh about this, but actually, can you imagine how difficult it would be? Yeah, oh, it would be incredibly difficult. But was, can I be completely honest? Yeah. My first reaction is to snigger. But is that fear? It's uncomfortable, isn't it? It's my knee jerk. And I, I'm, I'm learning not to trust my knee jerk. I, he, don't, I don't know what it is. He doesn't obviously look like a fella. No. He, he looks good, because normally, well. normally they, you know, transsexuals and transvestites... They give themselves away somewhat. A bit tarty. Uh, but no, well, fair play to him. But my first reaction is, is to snigger. And then go on to the second thing of, oh gosh, it must be really horrible and really brave. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 heading clockwise. Two lanes are closed between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey. And that's following an earlier vehicle fire. Heading anti-clockwise on the M25, rather heavy between Junction 21, the M1, and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. In Hartford, Old Cross is closed at the moment for some emergency repairs between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street. No reported problems or delays on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three, Counties Radio. Thanks, Nicola! So there's a mystic. Where was that mysterious noise, Kath? Do you remember the high-pitched whine? Uh, B... B... Bushmead. Bushmead. We'll find out what it is shortly. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, complaints after carer is released early from prison, bus services suspended in Luton and the West Coast Main Line closed to commuters. BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman from Luton whose dying mother was defrauded by her carer says she's disgusted the thief has been released early from prison. Deborah Thompson was sentenced to 18 months in March for stealing £35,000 from 67-year-old Denise Newson but only served four months in prison. Lisa Fletcher is the victim's daughter. The 18-month sentence obviously doesn't feel long enough when you've had something so horrific happen to your family. I was realistic that she would be released probably in January 2015, which was halfway through her sentence. Mm. Um, To find out she was released a quarter of the way through her sentence is um, is, uh, just devastating. Again, another kick in the teeth. 
Arriva Buses has suspended services through Berry Park in Luton following the death of a three-year-old girl who was knocked down on Friday. Police are appealing for witnesses to the accident on Dunstable Road. Catherine Boyle reports. Arriva says that bus services are suspended as a mark of respect to the family of the girl who's been named as Maya Alea Shazad. It says their deepest condolences go to the family of Maya and their thoughts are with all her family, friends and the whole community at this tragic loss. The company says bus services are currently diverted along Dallow Road and Hatter's Way and will resume as soon as they feel it's appropriate. An Iraqi government minister has said there's striking evidence that Islamist militants have killed hundreds of Yazidi refugees and buried some of them alive in mass graves. The human rights minister, Mohammed Shia al-Sadani, has described the killings as a vicious atrocity. We are keenly following the situation there. The total number of those murdered exceeded 500, mostly women, children and old men. Hundreds of women were also kidnapped by ISIS because they considered them as spoils of war. Those women were kidnapped from Talafar and Sinjar mountains and were taken to unknown places. The West Coast Main Line in Hertfordshire is closed again today for major engineering work. Over three weekends in August, the lines closed between Watford Junction and London Euston. Craig Lewis has more. This is the first of three three-day periods between August 9th and 26th when trains won't run between Milton Keynes and London Euston. Network Rail say the closure is due to essential upgrade work. Passengers are advised to find an alternative route while the closures are in place. In sport, Northern Ireland's Rory McIlroy says he played the best golf of his life to win the US PGA Championship, his second major title in a row. And the weather will be blustery with sunshine this morning, scattered showers this afternoon, top temperatures around 21 degrees Celsius, that's 70 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Oh, it's lovely. It's a really friendly um, community. All this week, we're featuring Flamstead and Markiate. People that are living in Markiate have been for generations. Friendly, because everyone kind of knows each other, because it's really small. It's all about where you live. I think it's a typical English country village. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Dean Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy, busy morning. There's a mysterious... Where was this mysterious sound? Bush... Bushmead. Bushmead, OK, yes. There's a mysterious sound in Bushmead. It sounds like the Larson effect. Feedback, a high-pitched whine. If you can hear it, could you give us a call, please? Other stuff we're talking about. Dodgy carers. Railway delays. And the sad tale of a very hairy cat. People always snigger when it comes to stories like that. But, 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 as a cat owner myself... Oh, it's horrific. Horrific. 08459... Four double five five double five oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, horrible story. Imagine you got caught stealing thousands of pounds from someone you're supposed to be looking after. Well, how long would you expect to spend in prison? A little bit more colour to the story. The woman is terminally ill. 
They've invited you into your into their house as a carer, and you take thirty-five thousand pounds. Well, Deborah Thompson did exactly that. She got sentenced to eighteen thousand, uh, eighteen months, eighteen thousand months. That would be a sentence. She got sentenced to eighteen months after stealing thirty-five grand from Denise Newson. She only served four months. Well, I was uh, lucky enough to speak to Mrs Newson's daughter, Lisa Fletcher, who told me that the former carer had been freed after just four months and how it affected her. The 18-month sentence obviously doesn't feel long enough when you've had something so horrific happen to your family. However, I knew that the judge had had worked within the parameters that he has mm. um i know that you know the police had managed my expectations of, of the likely outcome so I, I felt satisfied with that i was realistic that she would be released probably in january 2015 which was halfway through her sentence mm. um to find out she was released a quarter of the way through her sentence is um is uh, just devastating again another kick in the teeth uh, and sadly, mum's passed away. Yeah. When was that? So uh, my mum passed away in December. Oh, I'm um, sorry. There was a lot of delay in tactics from Deborah Thompson and her legal team. She didn't admit the the, uh, the theft mm. until after my mum had died. Mm. So my mum died not knowing and and still asking why, 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 why did she do this to me? I thought she cared about me. And, and that is the truth. That is a question my mum asked over and over again. I'd love to hear your stories about carers gone wrong. Listen, it, it's not the most common thing in the world, but it does happen. It happened to my mum. She had a couple of carers who nicked her jewellery and, and, and nicked a load of money. One of them got sentenced. One of them got off. Your stories, please. 08459 455 555. Listening to that is Dean Rogers, the Assistant General Secretary of the National Association of Prison, prison Officers. Morning, Dean. Uh, so, hi, morning. It's the National Association of Probation Officers. Thank you very much indeed. Indeed, I appreciate that. That makes more sense. Thank you. Uh, people being released from prison is, is pretty common, isn't it? It is, although this does sound, four months does sound, uh, my practitioners tell me, unusually short for something of that original sentence. What, what, would, what circumstances, obviously you don't know this story specifically, but what circumstances can you imagine where that would happen? Um, well, what my practitioners tell me is that um, as uh, the as Lisa Fletcher said, um, initially you'd expect um, half the sentence to be served. There is a possibility of something called a home detention curfew and an early release license, which would come in and someone would be under curfew from usually between 7pm in the evening to 7am at night. But that would normally be expected to come in on a sentence of this length after six months. So four months is unusually short. Why, why is it happening? Is it money? Is it space? Is, what could it be? Well... Government policy at the moment in terms of prison and just about everything in the justice sector is confused, increasingly dangerous and generally a chaotic mess. Um, the, the, it's not about reducing reoffending. It's not about supporting victims. It seems to be all about selling off responsibility and helping the mates in the private sector make as much profit as po- possible from people's misery. Um, if you look at the prison system, we have 75,000 roughly prison places in the country, currently 85,000 prisoners. You've got record suicide levels. You've had 18 prisons close roughly under this government, a third less staff, increased suicides in prisons. Um, Mount Prison recently in your area struggling to employ enough staff. Um, and yet... Um, 
nothing really happening to support um, the people in it. Um, it's just a mess. De- Deborah, uh, uh, Deborah Thompson's family weren't told that uh, this woman had been released early. Is that normal practice? Uh, unfortunately, in this sort of case, it is. Um, our members who are victim liaison officers do an excellent job supporting victims, helping courts, um, and sometimes helping offenders understand the impact of their crimes better. But they're only used in what noms decide as serious cases. Um, it, whilst probation's currently being privatised, um, and part of the reasoning the government used for that is to extend probation services to non-serious crimes, victims being released under 12 months, uh, prisoners being released if served less than 12 months. There's no extension within that provision to additional support for victims, and we think that's wrong. Dean, I appreciate your time. Sorry for getting your title wrong. It's Dean Rogers, Assistant General Secretary of the National Association of Probation Officers. 08459 455555. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Ian is en route to Hitchin. Morning, Ian. Good morning, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you, boss. What have you got for us? This is unusual. I know of a bloke that got given... He was called Nicking from the post office. He worked there and he was caught cooking the books. He got given 12 months. He served three weeks in a proper prison, just over a month in an open prison, and then was released on tax. So he said, less than two so, Listen, I'm, I'm normally one of those people that's not, you know, that's not pushing for tougher sentences, and I, I think generally, you know, it seems we get it all right. But in that instance that you're talking about, and the instance here with, the, with this lady, it does seem ridiculous, doesn't it? I think what they're getting is they're getting the initial shock, aren't they? They're getting the, the, the shock to the system. Um, just by keeping them inside, it's not really doing any good. It's just sort of wasting time. And it's also really expensive. So that's a, they, they, they're given the taste and they're given the shock. And then once they've had that shock, they're, they're let out. And of course, they're not let out just to do what they want. They're, they're on tags and they're curfewed and whatever. So I, I think it makes sense. What's the point of keeping them in prison? It's, it's that, that shock that you want to give and yeah. parents rather than just wasting time and wasting money. But I, I could do three weeks in a prison. Well, uh, I couldn't, I don't think. Three weeks? I could, but... It'd be horrible. Sure it'd be horrible. It'll be horrible, but three weeks is nothing. Well, Imagine three weeks ago, and look how quickly that went. No, I don't mean... It's that initial shock. It's that they're being kept in. It's the locking of the doors. It's the jamming yeah. of the keys and all that. The, sh- the shame would be a big part as well, and, I think. And, and it's the shame of it, and it's the loss of reputation. It's all of it. Um, so, so just keeping them inside for another two or three months, I, I, I think it's pointless. But I suppose if you're the victim, when it's the, when it's the post office, it's a big organisation and, you know, some people will be going, hi, yeah, you beat the post office. Well, when it's your mum who's dying, that t- to find out someone's only served a quarter of the sentence, though, that's a kick in the teeth, isn't it? Again, what is the point of keeping them in there wasting time? Punishing, punishment. Well, is it punishment? Is it punishment when they've got... Hang on! You just said you couldn't. Do, you just said you couldn't do three weeks. You, you don't get televisions in your first three weeks, I believe. You, you, your first three weeks is basically bang up twenty-three hours in a cell, right? And, and you don't get your television. But what I'm saying is, is after that initial shock and you get used to it, then 
another two agreements isn't going to be that much punishment, is it? And it's basically wasting time and wasting money. Ian, thank you very much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's wasting time and it's wasting money. Normally, I, I think you know prison sentences uh, they're kind of okay, but uh, for the four months for nicking thirty five thousand pounds from your dying mum. Is it the fact that it's a mum and she's dying that makes it a bit more emotional? Is that is that what it is? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, put your headphones on. Here's a question for you. Now, this question may seem tasteless. Oh, well, that's new. Go on. But I've been thinking about this a lot over the weekend. Dignitas. Right. Do you have to be ill to go to Dignitas? I don't think you do. So if I, were, if I just fancied ending it all, I could go over to Switzerland... Pay the, like, nine grand, I think it is, and they could do me in. I think there are tests that they do to make sure that you're not going to change your mind. And well, I wouldn't be able to change my mind if they if they dumb me in. No, what I mean is that your situation isn't going to improve. Is your situation going to improve? Some no. People have, some people have gone with non-life-threatening conditions, but conditions that are making them depressed and not want to carry on. But just supposing you just thought, ah, do you know what, I'm, I'm not that... I just don't fancy it. I don't fancy carrying on. It's, not, it's, it's pointless. We all know life is pointless. Uh, and you've reached that spiritual conclusion. You thought, ah, do you know what, I'm going to end it, but I'm going to end it in a classy way. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I just, it sounds like I'm being flippant. I'm genuinely not. I've been puzzling about this all, all weekend. This is how sad my life is. I'm not going to go and kill myself. Don't worry. Uh, but if I, if you just turned up and said, look, just I'm fine, physically I'm fine, mentally I'm fine, I've not got anything, I just fancy, you know, getting the injection and ending it. Would, would they do it? If you paid the it's money... It's not an injection, it's a cocktail, isn't it? Ooh, Which beautiful. makes it sound so much nicer than mojito, it probably is. Mojito. But would they do it? Would they give you the, the mojito of death if, that's, if, if you just fancied it? I'm not sure. Could you find out for me? Do you want me to ring them? No, probably best not to. I, it sounds like I'm being flippant. I'm not, genuinely. I was, I was just, cur- I'm just curious to know. You lent me that book, didn't you? That John Ronson book about a guy who goes around helping people. Oh, to yeah. End it. Yeah, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are, I guess there are ways and means. But, yeah. You know, suicide is a, is a permanent end to a temporary situation. All right, Buddha. Blimey. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. A1 heading southbound um, at the Black Cat roundabouts. And the M1's looking at rather slow moving at the moment on the speed sensors between Junction 11 for Luton and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Take a look in Hartford. Old Cross at the moment is closed between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street. That's due to some emergency repairs that are taking place. And the M25 heading clockwise is a lane closed uh, between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 26 at Waltham Abbey. That's due to earlier vehicle fires. Some recovery work now taking place. Anti-clockwise on the M25 looking heavy between Junction 21 the M1 and Junction 20 Kings Langley. So far checking on the trains, everything's running well no reported problems or delays Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio Nicola, thank you very much indeed Right, 7.16, it's Monday the 11th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A carer who stole £35,000 from a woman in Luton has served just four of an 18-month prison sentence. Bus services remain suspended through Berry Park in Luton after a three-year-old girl was fatally knocked down. And a family from Tring were threatened with legal action because they didn't groom their cat. The weather will be sunny this morning, but with scattered showers this afternoon. BBC Three Counties Radio.
With the new season only a couple of days old, it's time to stop focusing on the league and look forward to a cup run. Tomorrow night, all our teams are in League Cup action. There's a Hertfordshire derby at the Lamex as Stevenage host Watford. And emotions will be stirred again in Milton Keynes as MK Dons face AFC Wimbledon. Plus, Luton play their first League Cup tie in five years at home to Swindon. All three games live in Three Counties Sports. Tomorrow night from seven, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Got some bad news, guys. If you use the West Coast mainline through Milton Keynes, there's going to be disruption to your journeys for the next three Mondays, as well as Tuesday the 26th, because of a very odd definition of weekend engineering work. The line is closed between Watford Junction and London Euston this morning for this phase of the upgrade. We're told there'll be another in February. Well, David Sybottom is from Passenger Focus. Join us now. Morning, David. Good morning. Closing the line on, on Mondays, is that the right decision? Um, it's a tough one. Um, if, if, I think we might remember a few months ago, the original plan was to close the entire line for about a fortnight, I think it was. Oh, like, yes, yeah. Um, right during the summer holidays. And, of course, you know, for some people that's fine if you're on your summer holidays, you don't mind. But there's a lot of us still work during July and August. And I think what Network Rail have agreed with the train operator is probably the right decision. It, it is still inconvenient because a lot of us still work, of course, on Monday, and, and of course people work over the weekend is, as well. Is there no? Uh, maybe I'm being naive, David. Uh, is there no way that they could do kind of double shifts at the weekend, so it's it's 48 hours of intensive work and then work night times as well? Um, I, I know that as when, when the, the flak was um, flying around after the decision to announce um, closing the railway for an entire two weeks. Um, Network Rail sat down with the train operators and they thought oh, this is the best way of doing it. I'm no engineer, but looking at the, the, the work that they're doing, it's, it, there's a lot involved. Okay. Um, you know, it's new track, it's miles of new track, and it's, it, it's hopefully you know, getting this right for the future so that there'll, be, there'll be less of this um, in, in years to come. Do you think that the impact on commuters then is, is going to be worth it? Um, yeah, it's got to be, because the... the, the, the um, there have been problems on the West Coast Main Line. Network Rail received a, a multi-million pound fine not too long ago because it wasn't keeping to its punctuality and reliability targets. This is about getting it right now for the future. Of course, there will always be programmes of renewing the track and renewing signals and whatever else. This is hopefully getting this in a position now where it has to happen less often in the future. Should passengers be compensated for this? Um, it would be good if it was. Um, there's nothing in place at the moment now. It's something that we push the train operators and network rail on for the future, particularly for season ticket holders. Yeah. It would be good if there was... If you can't use your tickets five, six, seven times over a particular period, some way of getting something back to you, whether that's an extra journey, extending the renewal date of your season ticket, that kind of thing. I think that'll start to happen in years to come when people and passengers get new sort of smart type tickets, a bit like Oyster cards for season tickets, more flexible arrangements. You can put deals and packages onto the smart cards. I think that's something we push for. The important thing, of course, when any engineering work goes on like this, is getting information to passengers, um, particularly for those who don't use the railway a lot. It could be that you've booked one journey on this particular period of time. Yeah. You should be aware of it. It's up to the railway to tell you what the alternatives are, how it will impact on you, and plenty of staff giving up plenty of information to passengers. David, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. David Sidebottom from Passenger Focus. Uh, if you're affected by it this morning, 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Should we have a little look at the front page of the newspapers? Yes. Why not? Oh, dear. I'm still recovering from this weekend. I had the boys all weekend. My wife was working. No, not all weekend. Yesterday. I've got them today. And uh, man alive, they're four and two. They're hard work, aren't they? 
Aren't they? Flipping hell. And, uh, oh dear, some of the stuff I saw at the weekend was not good. Uh, the Guardian. There goes summer. Remnants of Hurricane Bertha hit Britain. There's a picture of some people getting wet. It wasn't that bad, was it? Were you affected by the hurricane? It wasn't really a, a hurricane um, when it came to us, was it? It was just a little bit windy and wet. That's all it was. Um, police want the right to see medical records without consent. Put health warnings on alcohol, MPs urge. Oh, for goodness sakes, really? Really? I don't get the health warnings on, on cigarettes and the health warnings on alcohol. We know that smoking is bad for you, although there are some people that still dispute that. Hey, and by the way, I'm not gloating or anything, but a fellow was killed by an e-cigarette at the weekend... An e-cigarette. Another exploding e-cigarette. Another exploding e-cigarette. I think it went on fire. It it, it burst into flames and blew up his oxygen tank. Good grief. Yeah. You want to tell me they're they're safe now, guys? Health. This is one for you, Kath. Uh, Health warning should be compulsory on bottles of wine, beer and spirit to raise awareness awareness of the dangers. You know that what you're doing is is damaging to your your health, don't you? Well, if I'm doing it um, in excess, yes. I try not to. Try. I don't. I don't like, like like all this. I don't think we need warnings on cigarettes. I know that cigarettes are bad for me. Kid, kids know that cigarettes are bad for you. Do you know? I know a, someone who's since given up smoking. Oh yeah. But in the days when you remember when they had that disgusting advert where someone was having a cigarette and all that fat came out at the end of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That made him just want to smoke. There are some people who um, they go for the cigarette brand that's got the most hideous picture. What? On the packet. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like, it's like um, kind of um, smoking top trumps. So they go for the mo- one that's got the most tiddiest picture on it. Like there. having the hottest uh, chilli. Is it that? Is it, the, is it that thing? It's the yeah, se- macho thing. It's the seeds in the chilli, isn't it? Here's the tip. If you want to um, eat a hot chilli and look, look hard, don't bite, the se- don't bite the seeds. If you oh, just, really? If you just kind of broke it off and swallow it, and don't bite the seeds. Would that work with a scotch bonnet? I don't know what a Scotch bonnet is. Is that a euphemism? the strongest ones. Bring it in and I'll... There was a kid on Big Brother once who ate a Scotch bonnet. He he was Scottish as well. It was great. It was one of the... Aside from Paul Burrell putting his hand in that log in I'm a Celebrity Getting Me Out There and his legs turning to jelly. Yeah. That was the funniest thing I've seen on telly for a long time. I could probably do a Scotch bonnet. I'll get you one. All right, fine. Get me a glass of milk as well. Okay. Because that's that's the antidote. I thought it was bread. Whatever. Both. Bread and milk. Very biblical. Is it? Was milk in the Bible? And honey, yes. Milk and honey. Yeah. Nice. What's, nice amb- what's ambrosia? The food of the gods. What, what is it? Can I get some? You can buy it, actually, yeah. In tins. Is that the rice pudding? Cream rice. Beautiful. Tinned rice pudding and tinned custard is the ultimate breakfast. The ultimate breakfast. You get your rice, you get your rice pudding. I keep turning your mic off, so maybe you could get that phone call. Yeah, you, it you is. Got, oh, is it? Oh, gosh. Really? Which one? You don't have to, then. Uh, savers are to pay inheritance, ta- inheritance tax while they're still living, says the Daily Telegraph. Forget that, though. There's a picture of Paula Wilcox at the top of the newspaper. Paula Wilcox? Will she now? She was one of the dream women when I was growing up. Paula Wilcox. Oh, and the baby gammy. Parents, in inverted commas, break their silence. You know the guy... You know the dad... Of this um, surrogate baby that's been born with Down syndrome in uh, is it Thailand? You know he's um, a paedophile, yeah, yeah. Does that change anything? Does that change the story slightly? It's a crazy story. Um, let's have a look. What else have we got? Let's, let's, let's go straight to the three main papers: the Express, the Mail, the Sun, the Holy Trinity of Bullshine. 
The Daily Express new arthritis hope for millions. UK team find fresh cause of joint wear. Joint wear. Joint wear. UK team find fresh cause of joint wear. Scientists have made a major breakthrough in the search for an arthritis cure. How do they find a major breakthrough every single week and they only report it to the Express? It says at the top of the Express, the world's greatest newspaper. Where on earth have they found that out? British experts have found a natural material previously only seen in horses in the hip joints of patients. It forms... Daily Mail. More foreign convicts win right to stay! The number of foreign criminals avoiding deportation rose by 50% last year. That voice for? That's, that's my Daily Mail voice. Okay. That's how I imagine they, they, they write the Bit Daily posher. Mail. Bit posher. In total, 1,310 overseas convicts considered for removal were not sent home, up from 890. Criminals not thrown out after serving time, including 15 murderers, 5 guilty of manslaughter, 15 rapists, 140 robbers and 20 child sex offenders. Oh well. But even more importantly on the front page is that uh, Kate Winslet's husband has left his job. Ned Rock and Roll. Why would you... I mean... He changed his name to that. Probably seemed like a good idea at the time. Ned Rock and Roll. But he's got a tattoo as well. Changing um, your name is a fun thing to do. I think everyone should do it at least twice in their life. Mm. I've done it once. Probably going to do it again at some point. Are you? Yeah, why not? Go back. I might go back. I might go forwards. I don't know. Change it to something cool like rock and roll. (laughs) Oh, hang on. You're not 15. Ever change your name, Alice? No. Well, other than being called Ellis. That's your name, isn't it? Yeah. It's an imperative. If you get married, Ellis, mm. would you change your name? No. Oh, you're one of those. I'm quite stuck. I know I just like my name. Ellis, Ellis Glossop. Glossop. I think it's a good surname. Gosh. See, I don't like mine. I was glad to change mine. Yeah. I've not changed it on air. Yeah, so you've got, you've got, got two names. I've got a secret names. identity like um, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <gasps> Maybe she's the real Superman. But sometimes I yeah. forget. Oh, do you? Yeah, who I am. Her, her real name is Tony Stevens, <laughs> and she's a 49 year old accountant from <laughs> Hitchin. Yeah, so don't tell everyone. Sorry. I think again. you wouldn't change your name when you got married. No, I'm very, I very. I like my name. See, mm. my wife did change her name. Probably regretting it now, but she did change her name, <laughs> and I was surprised that she did because yeah. I thought that she wouldn't, but she she did. Why did you think she wouldn't? Feminist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 A, here's the thing, ladies. If you don't change your your name, um, then you don't love your husband. Uh, mm. No, not true. Uh, it goes back to you being his possession, I guess, doesn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. I'm, oh, I'm don't disagree with that and no, thinking that was I'm, your argument that I'm, you hadn't even thought of it. I'm initially uncomfortable with that, but then I don't like being one of those people that's like, I oh, know he didn't, it's my name. Sorry? But She <laughs> just clicked her fingers and did a head waggle. But yeah. Ricky I, Lake style. I would mm. feel weird if I had a different surname from my children. Exactly. Yeah. So then you get into the thing, well, what, what surname do your kids have? Yours? I don't think so. Double-barrelled. <laughs> then I'm not going to get you pregnant. Who? Yeah, That's the worst news I could have had today. Wow. Really? The, oh, wait, four, five, nine. All right, girls, it's just funny. It's, it's all out laugh. Girls? You just called her cow. I said, I said girls. Oh. Let's all have a laugh at Ian, because he's, he's right. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. This makes perfect sense, doesn't it? If you are a woman and you marry a man uh, and you don't change your surname, well, you're not committed to that relationship. What if his name is, I don't know, let's just pluck one from the air. Lily crap. Okay, here we go. My friend Nick Taylor. What if your name is Jenny? 
And you married... Married, married Jenny. She changed her name. Oh. Did she, didn't she think... think about it first? Yeah, no, she... she, she cons- Did she say it all together She first, considered quickly? it. Jenny Taylor considered it. That's her name, I swear to you. They live oh. in Brighton, I think. I've not seen them for ages. Anyway, because cause her name's really silly. It'd be all right in Brighton. It would... Exactly. <laughs> 08459 455 555. If you're a woman, uh, let's, we'll get on to the whole lesbian and gay marriage a little bit later on because that muddies the water even more. Mm. Who, who's going to take what? And which order? Exactly. 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1 at the moment heading southbound's queuing just at the Black Cat roundabouts. And the M1's looking rather slow on the speed sensors heading southbound between Junction 11 for Luton and Junction 7 at Hemel Hempstead. At the moment in Hartford, Old Cross is closed between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street. That's due to some emergency repairs that are taking place. And the M25 heading clockwise is queuing at the moment between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey following an earlier vehicle fire. Anti-clockwise rather heavy between Junction 21 on the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. And in Borehamwood, the Barnet Bypass looking heavy on camera between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. No reported problems on the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past seven. I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines are Kara from Luton, who stole £35,000 from the woman she looked after, has been released early from prison. Denise Newson's daughter says she is disgusted that 21-year-old Deborah Thompson served just four of her 18-month sentence. Arriva Buses has suspended services through Berry Park in Luton following the death of a three-year-old girl who was knocked down on Friday. Police are appealing for witnesses to the accident on Dunstable Road. Commuters on the West Coast Main Line are into the third day of closures for engineering work. Over three weekends in August, the line is closed between Watford Junction and London Euston. A family from Tring have been told they won't be prosecuted after all for failing to groom their cat. The RSPCA decided to take action after a neighbour reported that 16-year-old Claude had matted hair. The weather will be blustery with sunshine this morning, scattered showers this afternoon, top temperatures around 21 degrees Celsius, that's 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Rory McIlroy says winning his second major tournament in a month is beyond his wildest dreams. The Northern Irishman won the US PGA just weeks after the victory in the Open at Hoylake. After being presented with the trophy, McIlroy said it had been an incredible few weeks. I didn't think in my wildest dreams I'd have a summer like this. Um, you know, I've just played the best golf of my life and. Uh, just really got it out today. It was a little different than the, the previous major wins that I've had. Um, and I think I showed a lot of guts out there today to get this job done. Arsenal won the Community Shield, beating Manchester City 3-0 at Wembley. Arsenal midfielder Jack Wilshere says they were keen to show the Premier League champions they can challenge for the title this season. I think the message that we wanted to send out is that we're ready. You know, we've had a good pre-season, we've worked hard and now, you know, this is, a, this is our last game pre-season. It's our biggest test of pre-season and, and we, we passed it. So, you know, we're ready for the start of the season. You know, it's not going to, because we beat the champions doesn't mean we're going to be the champions. Of course it doesn't. It's not, it's, it doesn't work like that, but, you know, we showed that we're ready. The MK Dons started their season with a 4-2 win at home to Gillingham. Manager Carl Robinson knows expectations are high for tomorrow night's performance. There's going to be many, many more ob- obstacles that are going to come very, very quickly. Obviously AFC and Peterborough now. Um, all the focus turns 
heads on to them. Um, firstly, AFC here, so we want to start again on the front foot in that game, and we'll see where that takes us. Finally, England's cricket selectors have announced an unchanged 13-man squad for the fifth test starting on Friday at the Oval. Stuart Broad may wear a protective mask to play after suffering a broken nose in the fourth test. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at 8 o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Page 15 of The Sun. No, not that the Bee Gees' wife was fine on a... Robin Gibb and his wife, they had like an open relationship. That ain't never going to work, is it? Well, it did for them, didn't it? Um, didn't yeah, it? But, and then I he guess. had a baby by his housekeeper. Yeah, probably, why not? Which is probably awkward. Well, and it's not uh, the story about 12 firefighters saving two ferrets from a shed blaze. It's not the picture of the people uh, getting soaked by Big Bertha. It's this. <clears throat> this is an amazing headline. Go. Oh, I do like fatty beside the seaside. Wow. Deck chairs get wider for tubbies. A deck chair maker has been forced to build wider seats to cope with the Brits' bulging waistbands. The UK's last remaining... Ma- Does anybody use deck chairs anymore? Here's the greatest disappointment in my life, right? This is where, Deck chairs. Yeah, th- this is where films and comics lied to me. Deck chairs are really easy to set up. Mm-hmm. They're really easy to set up. Did anybody on a sitcom in the 1970s and 80s found it impossible and ended up on the floor with the deck chair over their head? They're really... You, you unfold the long one, you unfold the short one, and you click it in. Where's the difficulty? Where's the drama? The UK's last remaining manufacturer of the fold-up seats has added an inch to the standard There's model. There's only one remaining manufacturer. But why? We've got enough deck chairs. we're getting it from China. I hope so. Uh, firm South, e, South Sea deck chairs, 36-inch wide boy seat, is increasingly being used by lone fatties. Wow. There's that, there's that thing again. Fatties. Lone fatties. Does anybody have... Because no one has deck chairs. Remember when the sun, the sun lounger, about 1986, the sun lounger was invented? I've got a lovely deck chair. Really? Yeah, it's a rocker. I've got two. Do you want to sit in it? Not really, no. Oh. I, well, I don't understand why you would. Everyone loves it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I got it when I was pregnant and the rocking facility allowed me to get out of it. <laughs> oh, so you built up a little bit of momentum. Yeah. Wait. It, it done flung you forwards. Yes. Uh, I just don't, I don't, I don't get the world You don't of get deck chairs. No, very old fashioned. Anyway, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, story on page 13 of the mail, it's in some of the other papers. A family from Tring are accusing the RSPCA of heavy-handedness, saying the charity forced them to have their cat put to sleep. Well, we'll be speaking to uh, Richard Burns in an hour or so. He was uh, the, uh, the oh, I was going to say, the father of the cat. I guess he might consider himself that. He says he was accused of cruelty over the state of his uh, the cat's fur and given no choice but to have her put down. Well, joining me now is the RSPCA's Head of Public Relations, David Bowles. Morning, David. Good morning to you. So what happened? Well, the RSPCA, as you you probably know, um, uh, enforces and uh, investigates most of the animal welfare cases in the UK. We got a call from one of uh, Mr Burns' next-door neighbours in 2012 to say that uh, they were very concerned on the cat. Uh, We looked at it. The cat was very old. It was very thin. Um, We took it to the vet. We gave some recommendations. um, And things improved slightly. And then in 2013, we got another call and we went back and the cat hadn't improved. We took it 
to the vet um, and the vet, both our vet and, and their family vet, both said that in their opinion the cat was suffering and it should be euthanized. What was wrong so with the RSP, it? It was, um, it had, <coughs> it was very, very thin. It was probably the thinnest that our inspector has ever seen a cat. Old cats um, do get very was, thin, don't thin it, and bony. Uh, absolutely. It was ill as well. Um, it had a lot of discharge from its nose and from its ears. Um, so this is not our opinion. It's the vet's opinion and and their vet's opinion. Both said that it was suffering and it was in the best interests of the animal to put it down, which, uh, which we proceeded with. What about the matted hair? Yes, this was a, a long-haired cat. Uh, for those people who have long-haired cats, as you know, they take a lot of grooming. Um, uh, unfortunately, the hair on this animal was extremely matted. Um, the, the vet said that, uh, that it was a, a very, very poor case of, of matting and, and no grooming had occurred. Um, whilst I completely sympathise with the family on, on the, uh, their, their cat, um, unfortunately, the vet did say that in, in his, uh, his uh, opinion, the best interest of the, of the animal would be served by putting it to sleep because it wasn't being given the proper care and attention. So it was put down because it wasn't being given the proper care and attention. Yet the, the, the cat was 16 years old, so they'd obviously done something, right? Yes, I mean, um, yes, as, as, you, as you rightly say, this, this was an old cat, um, but as, uh, as you, you and I both know, I'm, I'm a cat owner, when your cat gets elderly or your animal gets elderly, sometimes you have to look at uh, their quality of life, and in this instance the vet and, uh, and their own family vet both agreed that the, its quality of life was not good and it uh, I, was in the best interest I, to put it down. I would allow my kids to come and say goodbye, though. The, the, the two children here weren't, weren't allowed that, were they? No, that's that's not true. Um, the the RSPCA was engaged with um, with the family. Um, we we took it to the vet. The vet said, in his opinion, it needed to put, be put to sleep immediately. Uh, we then talked to the family, and we we gave them another day. Um, and the animal wasn't actually put to sleep the next until the next day. So we did give them time. We understand that obviously, as a family, sometimes you need to say goodbye to your animals. We um, gave them as much time as we could do. So where the vet it says still where, said, where it says in the, the papers that, that Dominic. 15 and Eloise 13 who had grown up with the cat were not allowed to say goodbye that's not true it's it's not true to say that we didn't give them the time to actually say goodbye to to their animal we we uh we were in contact with them and the uh, the vet said that he wanted to euthanize it immediately we said okay we can give them uh, some extra time to say goodbye to the animal but you have to look at this issue this animal was suffering it was in very very poor condition the rspca is there to protect animals and improve animal welfare we do a, an extremely difficult job in difficult circumstances um and and obviously we're looking at this particular case to see what lessons can be learnt, but in this case um, the animal was suffering, it was not our opinion to put the, the was it animal in pain? down it, it was, yes, according to the vet, it was, it was in pain the and it was suffering. The family were threatened with prison if they refused to sign a consent form that's, that that's, not, that, that's not correct, no. The, um, the, the were family they, were, were they threatened with the, the police? The family, the RSPCA do not have the powers to threaten anybody or to, uh, to, to do that sort of thing. So they certainly weren't threatened with, with imprisonment. What the RSPCA did is exactly the same as we do with, with all our prosecution cases and all our investigations. We take something like 130,000 calls and investigate cruelty to animals on a daily basis. When we look at that, we, we talk, to the, uh, talk to the animal owners, we talk to the vets, um, and in this particular case, it was no different from any of the other cases. So where, where, right it says it, where it says in the paper, the couple refused to sign the paperwork and say the RSPCA inspector threatened them with fines and potential imprisonment 
That's not true. That's, that's, not, that's not true at all. The, okay. the, Mr Burns signed the consent form. It was entirely up to him whether to sign it so or not. They, they wouldn't decide, have been threatened he'd, with fines. He'd, he'd, we, we don't have the power to threaten people with imprisonment or fines or anything, uh, anything else like that. The RSPCA have, have really lost their way, haven't they, in the last few years? Ab- absolutely not. The RSPCA do... Well, well they obviously have because they're, they're losing so much funding. People are not funding them or donating no, to them because that's, of that's, them taking on court cases that, that, that really shouldn't be under the RSPCA's remit. That's, that's, not, that's not true at all. The RSPCA was set up 190 years ago to look at investigating... What's been the funding um, trend to, over to, the to, last ten years from donations? Uh, up the the funding trend over the last ten years from has public been donations up. We, has been up from pub, from public donations. In fact, last year um, we had a, a better better year for for donations coming in from the public than we've ever had before. The 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 donations in terms of legacies, which is what people leave us in their, in their wills, goes up and down. Um, but in terms of the public support for us, it's at an all time high. We have more public supporters, more people giving us money than we've ever had in our history before. There are people that like shows Dixon, that the public. Right. There are people like Clarissa Dixon-Wright starting campaigns, aren't there, to to stop donations to the RSPCA because they they do believe that some of the campaigns you're, you're pursuing shouldn't really be done by the RSPCA. Court cases that you shouldn't be getting involved in. Well, unfortunately, Clarissa's unfortunately dead, as, yeah, of as course, you know. Yeah. Um, but the, the RSPCA um, is there to um, uphold and investigate animal cruelty and animal abuses. We do that um, on the basis of what the public give to us. This was no different with this particular case. The public phoned us up and said they were very concerned that this animal was suffering. We investigated it over a period of longer than a year, tried to work with the family to get a, a good resolution. The vet said in the end that it was in the best interests of the animal for it to be um, put down we agreed with that we have no power to imprison anyone we have no power to agree to euthanize an animal that all has to be done under vet supervision I'm just, looking, are... just go sorry just go back to a story that was uh, in the uh, mail uh, the end of last month donations fall by seven million pounds after rspca gets too political you're saying that's not true no that is true but oh but sorry last, i thought you last... said that donations were up no, I said that live donations, ah. live donations were up. Last ah. year, our, our, the donations that we got from Legacies, which go up and down are, and are very erratic... So donations because they, because, they, because they depend on things like house prices, um, mm. and when, when Legacies get given to us, they went down. So the but, implication you made was but, that they were but, going up. They've gone down by £7 million. Pounds. No, no what, I, what I said was live donations I went apologise, I misunderstood. So they have, donations have gone down by £7 million. To, our, our total um, income last year was down... By by a, around about seven million ah, pounds. So I must have misunderstood. But it, but it was, but it was up on previous years. You said in the last ten years has our income gone up? Absolutely. In the last ten years, our income has gone up. The RSPCA is more popular than ever from the public to do the hard and gritty work of investigating animal cruelty and bringing people that do not look you after need to their save, animals. To f- need to save four and a half million pounds, and jobs are going to go. Yeah, we, we, are, we are looking at how we can give best value for money and how to provide the best service that, uh, that we can provide. Now, the RSPCA always will learn lessons from things. We will learn lessons in terms of this particular case. We will look at uh, the, uh, the CPS's uh, letter to us and work out if we could have done it differently. Of course, we're not perfect, but we do an extremely difficult job investigating over 130,000 people every year who other people give to us to say that they're not looking after their animals 
animals properly. Most of, the, most of those cases, the vast majority, 99% of those cases, end up in a good and honest resolution where the person agrees that uh, they need to uh, uh, improve the, the, uh, the care that they're giving to the animal. Unfortunately, in this case, uh, the animal was ill, um, it, was, it was old, um, and the vet decided it was in the best interests of the animal to put it to sleep. Uh, David, listen, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much for joining us. That's uh, the RSPCA's Head of Public Relations, David Bowles. We'll be speaking to Mr Burns, the cat owner, and getting his side of the story a little bit later on in the show. BBC Three Counties Radio, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 heading southbound, looking rather slow on the speed sensors between Junction 11 at Luton and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. Old Cross in Hartford at the moment is closed between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Streets due to some emergency repairs that are taking place. The M25 heading clockwise is queuing between Junction 25 for Enfield and Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey following an earlier vehicle fire. Anti-clockwise in the M25 rather heavy moving between Junction 21 the M1 and Junction 20 at Kings Langley. Also so very slow between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and 16 for the M40. So far, checking on the trains, everything's running well. No reported problems or delays. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 7.45, Monday the 11th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A carer who stole £35,000 from a woman in Luton has served just four of an 18-month prison sentence. Bus services remain suspended through Berry Park in Luton after a three-year-old girl was fatally knocked down. And a family from Tring have been told they won't face legal action from the RSPCA after all because they didn't groom their cat. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a lovely start to the day, actually, for most of us. We have blue sky and sunshine. Temperatures likely to get up to around 19, 20 Celsius later. But in the sunshine, it could sneak a 21 in in a sheltered spot. Now, the thing to note today is the breeze following the weekend's dramatic weather. We are left with this quite strong wind. Also, as we get one or two showers pop up later on today, probably the further west you go, you're likely to uh, get one of those. Uh, It will blow through quite quickly on this blustery, gusty breeze. So that's something to watch out for later. Overnight tonight, those showers are going to continue to rumble through. Minimum between 12 and 14 Celsius. Tomorrow, it's a similar day. Rather breezy. One or two showers. One or two of those could be heavy and thundery, but also some sunny spells. Temperature tomorrow, 20 Celsius. And that's your forecast. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Lovely community here and that, that's that's the strongest thing. Inviting everyone to where you live. Oh, it's lovely. It's a really friendly um, community. All this week, we're featuring Flamstead and Markiate. It's friendly, nice, quiet village. Great place to bring up children. Never walk out the door without seeing people that you know and saying hi. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Got the Bluebell Woods, which is about five, ten minutes away from here. You can get a, a, a Queen's counsellor talking to a plumber on exactly the same level. Friendly, because everyone kind of knows each other, because it's really small. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. We've been talking uh, about the bus accident in Berry Park um, where a three-year-old girl was killed on Friday. Amish is from Luton. Morning, Amish. Uh, Ramesh, no, Ramesh. Ramesh, Ramesh I do apologise. What would you like to say, Ramesh? Uh, you remember me. I came on the radio many times before. I came to the radio station, you know, 
Fantastic. What would you like to say this morning? Well, I, I feel sorry for the girl, you know. I mean, really, I mean, what happened is I was there on the bus behind the, you know, the one who ate us. Were you on, sorry, were you on the bus that hit the girl? No, no, the one behind it. Yeah, okay. Right, right behind it. Right. So, to look to me, the girl ran into the road. I mean, everybody was blaming the driver, you know, that uh, they want to beat him up. And there was nothing, I mean, there was not fault of the driver. But, Ramesh, with the greatest respect, and I, listen, I don't know what happened, and I'm, I'm sure there is fault mm-hmm. on both sides, but you, you would hope a bus would be able to stop if, if it needed to quickly. But if you were on the bus behind, yeah. you wouldn't have been able to see. No, I didn't see what ah. really happened. I saw the, the father pulling the girl from under the bus. OK, well, let's, listen, let's, let's not get too great. It's, it's an horrific image, uh, image Ramesh, but, but, so let's not get too graphic on that, but thank you. But uh, it, it's interesting, isn't it? We, we fill in the blanks of what we may or may not see. And Ramesh there telling me what happened, and then, you know, if you're on the bus behind, you're not actually going to see it, and he didn't see it. Um, I'm sure it's horrific, and we don't really need to go into the graphic details of what happened. Let's... Um Give the family a little bit of peace and dignity, shall we? 08459 455 555. Now, there are calls for the Buckinghamshire councillor responsible for children's social services to resign in the wake of a damning government report. A recent Ofsted report condemned Bucks County Council for putting vulnerable children at risk, rating its services inadequate following an inspection in June. Well, Wickham's Labour Group are now demanding Angela McPherson steps down. Uh, Linda Derrick from the group joins me now. Uh, Linda, why should she go? Well, first of all, perhaps I ought to explain what inadequate means. Uh, It means that Bucks County Council is providing services in which widespread or serious failures create or lead children being harmed or at risk of harm. And they're some of the most vulnerable children in our society. They've perhaps got physical illnesses, mental illnesses, learning disabilities, or perhaps they've been abused or are being abused. And Bucks County Council have simply let these children down. Um, the report says that there are widespread failures going, going back years. And Bucks County Council have been warned and they did absolutely nothing about it. How long has Angela McPherson been in her job? I don't know. Um, I was trying to look it up last night. Because I don't know. And it will be interesting yeah. to know because if she's been in it for three months, then it's probably not her fault. If she's been in it for five years, then she probably has a little bit more responsibility. It, it, it just seems odd to, to call for her resignation when you don't have the full picture. Well, let me just give you what she and others at Bucks County Council have made as their response, which made me very angry. Um, they could have said, well, we've failed vulnerable children in Bucks, we've let them down, we're very sorry about that. Um, what they haven't, they haven't done that, they haven't mentioned the children, they haven't said sorry. What they've said is things like, the report will re-energise our programme as significant change. Uh, the report's not a great surprise and we're already working on it. We'll be putting our thinking caps on in, in October. Not one word to say sorry and not one word about the children. But if she'd have said sorry, that, you, you'd still be asking for her to resign, wouldn't you? Yes, but I think there's another reason, because it just shows that Bucks County Council are just complacent. They haven't learnt one single thing from this report. They're just on the defensive again and they'll just carry on. Well, the report only came out, I think, on Friday, didn't it? That's right. So we don't, we don't know that they've not learnt anything. Well, these... Where, where's your evidence that, that they've learnt nothing? Well, these failures have been going on for years. Um, I've also been... I've been a volunteer advocate for years and have helped parents with children with disabilities um, 
for about five or six years. And these failures have been going on for all. Well, I can remember the first time, four years ago, um, the child that I was helping, her social worker was made redundant and wasn't replaced. Um, and that created all sorts of problems for the family. Um, I've helped other parents with children in difficulties. And Bucks County Council just do not respond. I've gone to the Ombudsman with parents. The Ombudsman has been critical. Um, Bucks County Council has done nothing. Well, apart from uh, this lady stepping down, what, what needs to change, Linda? Well, there are, there are about five pages of recommendations from Ofsted. Um, and if I just go through the problems they've got and stop me, you know, when you get when I go on. OK. Um, supervision of social workers is a poor quality. There aren't enough qualified and experienced social workers. At all levels, too many managers are temporary. Political leaders and chief officers state that children's social care is not in the top so, three... So, Linda, these, these are the problems. And I've, yeah. I've glimpsed, what, 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 give, us, give us your top three things that need to change, right. how you would improve if you were in the job. The first thing is that children's services has to be a top priority of the council. How can they not have the protection of vulnerable, vulnerable children at the top of their priorities? But then there are so... And listen, I, I kind of forget. Let, let me pick devil's advocate for a second, because there are so many other groups that would say, hang on, we should be top. The disabled people, the elderly, the, you, the, you know, there are lots of different groups that, sh- that feel they should be at the top. I absolutely think that. And I must say, the adult services are just as bad, but children, I think, should come at the top of priorities. And vulnerable children should be right up there. Go on. Okay, so that's okay. one. Give us two more, two more improvements you'd make. Right. They should start employing permanent qualified social workers and sufficient of them to deal with the caseload. There are hundreds of children who haven't got social workers who should have. Um, and the third thing is they ought to start assessing the children properly, identifying what needs they have, and then providing help and support for not only the children, but for the parents and the siblings as well. Linda, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Uh, that's uh, Linda Derrick from Wickham's uh, Labour Group. We did ask to speak to Angela McPherson on the programme, uh, but we were told she wasn't available and she has no plans to resign. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. OK. The breaking news of the story, we uh, were told... Where was this, Danny? It was in Bushmead in Luton. Uh, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate that uh, I- input. Uh, we had a phone call this morning from a very, very panicked man who was um, just getting what sounded like uh, feedback um, coming from outside because of a power cut. It was Kevin, wasn't it? It was. We sent you down there immediately. How horrific was the sound? Don't tell me it stopped when you got there. It didn't stop when I got there, oh. but it didn't last long. Oh. Um, so I have very sensitive hearing, so fantastic. Huh? It, sorry? Yes. Pardon? What? I've got tinnitus in my ears from doing this job. Oh. Yeah, I'm suing you, BBC. Anyway, go on. Um, yes, so I got my ears out yes. and uh, walked around. Yes. Located, uh, it was coming from a house alarm. Oh. Yes. That's a weird noise for a house alarm, though. It, it was, was just like a high-pitched whistle. Awful. Yeah. Um... Everyone, very quiet. Yeah. Everyone's obviously getting ready for work. Yeah. Uh, made a call to, to Kath over there yeah. and uh, said, hello, uh, do you want to check, check my little box signal? Yeah. Um, and then the man came out and turned it off. Oh, flipping Reset it. it. 
So, that have been going on for hours, had it? Yes, since about half three. When we moved into our new house, there was an alarm system in there. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. And uh, we had the fire brigade come out three times because the alarm had gone off. Twice the alarm went off and we could hear it go off and it was deafening and the, the fire brigade came out. I was like, I'm really sorry. Then I'd disconnected it. I hadn't. I just cut the wire to the speaker, right? So it, was, it would still go off, but we didn't know it was going off. And when we had a new carpet fitted, the carpet fitters set off the alarm. We didn't hear it. The fire brigade turned up. Let's just get rid of alarms. I didn't know that they were connected to the fire stations. I thought it was the police. Yeah, that's suspicious, isn't it? Mm. Oh, maybe they weren't real fire brigade. Oh. That would explain it. Daddy, thank you very much indeed. We'll, you. We'll, send you, we'll send you out for... Uh, I'm going to do something later on. Names? Yeah, yeah. What was that? Oh, yeah. If you, you're gonna, you'll get married one day. Maybe I don't know your situation. I don't want to know. It's none of my business. But you'd, if you got married to a gentleman, you'd take the gentleman's surname, wouldn't you? It depends if it was a good one. Well, I, well really? You're going to rate the guy's name? I quite like my surname. Supposing um, his name was Boy. Danny, Danny Boy. Boy. Mm. Boyle? Danny Boyle? Maybe. Um, uh, I need to say something vulgar then. Let me take that back. Um, Denis? Danny Denis? Zuko. If his name was Zuko, you would have to take... I would definitely take that. But you're still slightly reluctant. Well, see, the thing is, I don't have any brothers, so what? my surname will not live on if I yeah, don't Yeah, that's, that's, that's natural selection. What, what are you bagging on about? There are plenty of Baileys in the world. It's never going to die out. Yeah. About True. It. It's but, not all about you. you. Know, well... I think if you don't if you don't take the gentleman's name you're not committed to the relationship. I'm sorry to say that, but I genuinely believe that. I'll take it to the street. Yeah, I will. Take it to the street, Danny. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. It's I'm not being facetious or inflammatory for the sake of I don't do that. Never. But if you are a lady and you marry and we'll get to lesbians and gays after eight. If you are a, a, a hungry. Yeah, can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear. Hang on. That's gone now. If you're a lady and you marry a man and you don't take the gentleman's surname, you're not committed to the relationship. And what message are you sending your kids? I think it's outrageous. Does it really matter? It's only a name. Oh, for goodness sakes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Just had a call in from John that the A41 heading southbound is partially blocked at the moment in Brogborough. That's due to a broken down coach just before Salford Road, um, before the M1. The M1 itself heading southbound, looking heavy between Junction 11 for Luton and Junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The A1M heading southbound, rather slow moving, just around Junction 7 for Stevenage at the moment. And in Hartford, Old Cross is closed, and that's between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street due to emergency repairs that are taking place. And the M25 heading anti-clockwise, long delays at the moment between Junction 26 for Waltham Abbey and Junction 25 for Enfield following an earlier broken down vehicle anti-clockwise heavy between Junction 21, the M1 and Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Nicola Richards BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Nicola And Kath's saying oh it's only a name, it doesn't matter, well then let's call our children Bone Weasel and Stig. Of course names matter they're names Unbelievable. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 
8 o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, complaints after carer is released early from prison, bus services suspended in Luton and a Hertfordshire family threatened with court because they didn't groom their cat. BBC Three Counties Radio. A carer from Luton who stole £35,000 from the woman she looked after has been released early from prison. Denise Newson's family say they're disgusted that 21-year-old Deborah Thompson served just four of her 18-month sentence. Colette McKeveney from Age Concern in Luton says she believes the vast majority of carers can be trusted. You might be a fully grown adult, you might have all your capabilities about your mind, it's just your body's not working well. And you need to be able to trust someone to do things for you. If you feel you can't trust them, you wouldn't want them to do those intimate tasks. So, you know, the person is in a unique position, but the character of the person is what it comes down to. Arriva Buses has suspended services through Berry Park in Luton as a mark of respect following the death of a three-year-old girl who was knocked down on Friday. Police are appealing for witnesses to the accident on Dunstable Road. The Iraqi government says there's evidence that Islamist militants have killed hundreds of Yazidi refugees. The Human Rights Minister, Mohammed Shia al-Sadani, has described the killings as a vicious atrocity. We are keenly following the situation there. The total number of those murdered exceeded 500, mostly women, children and old men. Hundreds of women were also kidnapped by ISIS because they considered them as spoils of war. Those women were kidnapped from Talafar and Sinjar Mountains and were taken to unknown places. The West Coast Main Line is closed in Hertfordshire today for major engineering work. Network Rail is replacing signals that were installed in the 1960s. David Sidebottom from Passenger Focus says it's necessary disruption. There have been problems on the West Coast Main Line. Network Rail received a multi-million pound fine not too long ago because it wasn't keeping to its punctuality and reliability targets. Of course, there will always be programmes of renewing the track and renewing signals and whatever else. This is about getting it right now for the future. A family from Tring have been told they won't be prosecuted, after all, for failing to groom their cat. The RSPCA decided to take action against Richard and Samantha Byrne after a neighbour reported that their 16-year-old pet had matted hair. David Bowles from the charity denies they were being heavy-handed. What the RSPCA did is exactly the same as we do with, with all our prosecution cases and all our investigations. We take something like 130,000 calls and investigate cruelty to animals on a daily basis. We talk to the uh, talk to the animal owners, we talk to the vets, um, and in this particular case it was no different from any of the other cases. In sport, Northern Ireland's Rory McIlroy has won the US PGA Golf. He finished 16 under par, one shot clear of the field to claim his fourth major golf title of his career. The weather will be blustery with sunshine this morning and scattered showers this afternoon. Top temperatures around 21 degrees Celsius. That's 70 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. What up? BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's friendly, nice, quiet village. Great place to bring out your children. It's all about where you live. It's a pretty village with a lovely medieval church. All this week, we're featuring Flamstead and Markiate. Everyone knows each other. Everyone gets along. It's really friendly and it's really nice to live in. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up, we'll be speaking to the owner of this controversial cat. Well, according to the newspapers, uh, the owners were told to put the cat down for having long hair. 
Richard Burns will be joining us uh, in about 15 minutes or so and we'll get his side of the story. Also talking about carers. And if you marry and you don't take your husband's name, you're not committed to the relationship. 08 459 455. Oh, look, hang on, that's old. That was meant to. This is what was meant to happen. There. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. There we go. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Dennis. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, Vietnam. What have you got for us? Say, I'm glad that Catherine's back to start with. Um, changing. Temporary. Eh? Carry on. She aren't be a better time. I'll I'll stop listening to you if you do. If only you'd stop phoning me. I know, I know. Anyway, change of names. Right. Yes. Change of names. Well, please themselves, but I'm glad we've got the... In fact, I would like to change mine. I should have done years ago. Because uh, although my name is Brooks, my father pushed off when I was a baby. So really, he abandoned us. And my mother took me back to her family, which were the Haydens. And now I should have changed my name to the Hayden Ooh, Brooks. Hayden Brooks, that sounds posh, doesn't it? Yeah, because they looked after me. Yeah. They, you know, and, and really, I was a, a Brooks cuckoo in the Hayden nest. And so, really, looking back, I wish I had done, but one of my great-grandsons is now called Hayden. So Hayden Hayden? No, he's, no, he's, he's, he's spelt with an A, not an H. The, oh. the Hayden I'm talking about, H-A-D. Dennis, do you think if a woman doesn't change her name when she marries her husband, she's not committed to the relationship? I think it's a matter of choice. Oh, for goodness sake. Dennis, nice to speak to you. I've got to move on because I want to get this in. A woman from Luton whose dying mother was defrauded by her carer says she's disgusted the perpetrator has been released early from prison. Deborah Thompson was sentenced to 18 months in March for stealing £35,000 from Denise Newson, but only served four months in prison. Denise died in December before Deborah ever admitted the theft. Well, earlier on I spoke exclusively to Denise's daughter, Lisa Fletcher, and asked her what her mum was like. My she was an amazing person. She nursed for over 40 years. Um, kind, well-known in our community because she touched a lot of people's lives. Um, the, the latter stages of her career, she nursed the elderly um, in rehabilitation for Parkinson's disease. Um, so, you know, just a really caring person. And why did she require... These carers were going into her home, weren't yeah. they? Why did she require them? Because um, shortly after my mum retired at 60, um, she became ill. Um, ironically, she was originally diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, which was was very ironic considering she'd been helping she'd people. Been helping it, yeah. people. Um, but um, over the next couple of years, we realised um, something else was going on. Um, and and after a lot of gruelling tests over 18 months, she was diagnosed with a terminal neurological disease called multiple system atrophy. How did that and how did that affect her? It's um, it's a brutal disease. Yeah. Um, the life expectancy is normally about six years from onset. Um, it attacks every part of your body and leaves you um, unable to speak, eat, um, move, walk anything you, you can't you're literally completely incapable of doing anything horrible obviously for her horrible you know as that's your mum you're uh, watching horrific. that what point did did carers start to come involved and and, and help out with things um, well in um around about 2012 when, when we had the final diagnosis um of multiple system atrophy we knew that mum couldn't cope anymore on her own um her biggest wish was that she stayed at home it mm. was so important to her um, we realised she was becoming more and more vulnerable, even though she was quite young, only in her early, early 60s, and it was really painful for us to watch. Um, also, my mum was a very proud woman. She didn't want her son and her daughter taking her to the toilet and seeing her in her most vulnerable state. 
Um, so we worked with social services to um, get some care in place. Uh, was it a, a, a different? Was it a number of people that were coming in to care? People um, on a rota, or was it? Was it initially it was where people came in um, for approximately fifteen minutes at a time, maybe three times a day, but that really wasn't um, sufficient mm. for my mum. Um, so then we decided she needed a full time carer who would work from eight in the morning to eight at night. Okay. And um, that was Deborah Thompson. Yeah. Okay. And how did you go about finding her? Did, did you kind of interview people? Did you vet them? What was um, well. I don't know whether you're aware, but mo- mo- all care now is done through private agencies. So even though my mum um, was initially you know, referred through social services, you're given a list of agencies to talk to. Um, so we chose an agency that apparently um, specialised mm. in people with neurological illnesses. And mum liked her. Mum obviously gave we her the all, thumbs up. We all liked her. Very friendly, very approachable, very she, helpful. I think this sad, one of the saddest parts of this story is that Deborah was a fantastic carer. She looked after my mum so well. My mum loved her. We all um, we all took her under our wing into our family. She counselled us all about how devastated we were mm. to watch my mum's decline. Um, and I think that's probably one of the most hurtful things. £35,000. I'm assuming that was taken from bank accounts. Yes. When did you notice that something wasn't quite right? Um, last year, in about May time, my mum told us that she couldn't find her bank cards. Um, we for about three weeks we're you know looking for them and where have you left them mum you've put them somewhere where have you put them that kind of thing exactly um deborah told us don't worry i'm going to ring the bank and cancel them and get new ones so we're like okay great if you can do that um that that'd be wonderful um so she apparently phoned up and cancelled them um then you know we kept saying where are the new cards where are the new cards and it was then that I started to get a little suspicious, but not of her. Mm. I, I, I don't know. I just felt uncomfortable in general of the situation, but I didn't ever think it was anything to do with her. Then um, my brother called me one day and said, something's really wrong. I've just opened a letter, a, um, a court summons for unpaid council tax. Um, my mum was old school. She didn't owe anyone any money. She paid her way. Um, and at that point, the alarm bells started to ring. We rang the bank. Um, my mum was overdrawn, which she'd never been overdrawn mm. in her life. Um, and over the next sort of 12 hours, everything unravelled and the police became involved. How quickly did you realise it was Deborah that had uh, done this? Um, well, actually, when the police came, um, they, they were fantastic and they pretty soon unravelled that mm. they had some suspicions. They went and checked some CCTV because the cards were still being used, even though they'd allegedly been cancelled. Um, I viewed CCTV that night and saw Deborah Thompson withdrawing cash from my mum's account, which was probably one of the lowest points of my life when I saw her doing that. <clears throat> She did you ever, did you confront her about it? Did um, you speak to her, or did the police kind of get in, in there first? Um, prior to me realising it was her, I had texted her and said it was her day off. Deborah, I really need to speak to you. It's urgent. And Deborah always responded to my texts, even on her days off. Um, and, I, and I got no response. So uh, you know, alarm bells were ringing there as well. Um, but then, obviously, once we'd identified her as the culprit, we we couldn't be involved anymore, and we left it to the police. Your mum, Denise, must have been devastated. My mum was devastated and petrified. I think that's really? the, the thing that was hardest for us. She had night terrors. Oh she was so vulnerable, and I, I think it's really hard to put yourself in that position that not only you can't move. You can't talk very well anymore, so you can't tell anyone how frightened you are. We had to get panic buttons installed. Mm. Um, 
had to have a live-in carer then, which again stole my mum's last bit of independence and stole our privacy with our mum because we never, ever then could spend any time alone with her because there was someone there 24-7. Deborah was sentenced to 18 months in prison. She served four months of that sentence. Yeah. First of all, what did you think of the original 18-month sentence and then, and then when you found out she'd been released early? Um, the 18-month sentence obviously doesn't feel long enough when you've had something so horrific happen to your family. However, I knew that the judge had had worked within the parameters that he has mm. um i know that you know the police had managed my expectations of, of the likely outcome so I, I felt satisfied with that i was realistic that she would be released probably in january 2015 which was halfway through her sentence mm. um to find out she was released a quarter of the way through her sentence is um is uh, just devastating again another kick in the teeth uh, and sadly, mum's passed away. Yeah. When was that? So uh, my mum passed away in December. Oh, I'm um, sorry. There was a lot of delay in tactics from Deborah Thompson and her legal team. She didn't admit the the, uh, the theft mm. until after my mum had died. Mm. So my mum died not knowing and and still asking why, 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 why did she do this to me? I thought she cared about me, and and that is the truth. That is a question my mum asked over and over again. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's just such a sad story. You know, mm. it's just a sad story. And, and the trust that you and your mum would, you know, when you invite someone into your home to look after someone, you, yeah. put, you invest a lot of trust in that person. You do. And, and I think, you know, because my mum had a very rare illness, there was very little support for us. We didn't have Macmillan nurses, etc. that other, yeah. you know, other horrible illnesses have, you know, equal challenges, but have more support than a very rare illness. So when my mum received her diagnosis, we were pretty much sent home and, and left to deal with it. So when someone came along and and was so kind and caring and, and relieved so much pressure, I feel so sad that, that her um, greed and lack of morals overtook what she, what she could have been, her potential, mm. and what she could have done with her life. I've got the, the, the letter here that uh, Deborah Thompson wrote to the family. I've seen letters like this. You, yeah, you it's written of, for the court. It's written for the court so that you're showing yeah. a little bit of willing, yeah. isn't it? Uh, and yeah. it, it's, oh, I'm sorry, I go back and I change it. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't make up for what she did. No. Deborah Thompson has refused to come on the show to talk to us. I'm mm. sure she's probably listening. What would you like to say to her? I'd just like her to, every time she looks in the mirror, realise what she's done to my family. My mum died with it without any resolution and if she had any remorse for what she's done, she would, once the police were involved, she would have admitted what she did. You know, she spent my mum's life saving on McDonald's, KFC, shopping, to complete lack of respect. And my mum felt that this person who'd seen her in her most vulnerable state was laughing at her. And my mum died with that image of humanity in her mind. I really appreciate you coming to share your story with us Thank today. You Thank you very much. Lisa. Thank you. Oh, well, that was me speaking to Lisa Fletcher, Denise's daughter. Your story, please, about carers, good, bad, indifferent. 08459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. At the moment, the A1M heading southbound is looking rather slow on the speed sensors, just around junction 7 for Stevenage. In Brown, the A421 heading southbound is queuing, also partially blocked just before junction 13 for the M1. That's due to a broken down coach there. The M1 itself looking heavy between junction 11 at Luton and junction 7 for Hemel Hempstead. The M25 heading anti-clockwise, very slow between junction 18 at Chorleywood and junction 16 for the M40. Take a look at the trains and disruption online 
London Midland between Milton Keynes Central and London Euston, also affecting Virgin trains, so do check before travelling. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. 8.16, it's Monday the 11th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A carer who stole £35,000 from a woman in Luton has been released from prison after serving just four months inside. Bus services have been suspended through Bury and Luton as a mark of respect after a three-year-old girl was knocked down and killed. And legal action has been withdrawn against a family from Tring because they didn't groom their cat. Weather this morning, sunny but with scattered showers this afternoon. BBC Three Counties Radio. World War One at home on the BBC. The trenches continue as far as the eye can see, which is quite astonishing. Last week, we revealed some amazing untold stories. He was a private, was in the firing line for two, about two months before returning on sick leave. And discovered surprising local memories. The history of Cardington goes back to the Short Brothers, who were asked by the government to build airships for the First World War. The Germans had already got a fleet of airships which were capable of coming to England and dropping bombs on it. If you miss them or want to hear them again, go to bbc.co.uk slash WW1. One of those very brave boys was Lieutenant William Leaf Robinson from the Royal Flying Corps. World War One at home on the BBC. Hey! Morning, look at you, like a rhinestone cowboy. Right, but I'm not wearing any rhinestones and I'm not dressed like a cowboy, so I've got no idea why you sang the 1976 Rhinestone Cowboy hits by Glen Campbell. I've seen Dolly Parton wear a shirt like that. Sorry, <laughs> she doesn't wear it as good as this, <laughs> does she? Well, I am a big fan of the checked shirt. So I know you are. I love the checked shirt. So much so, I was working on Saturday and I was wearing a checked shirt, which I'd only bought on Thursday... A new shirt. And a gentleman said, oh, I met you a year ago. You were wearing exactly the same shirt. Oh. I said, no, it wasn't. It's only two days old. But it made me think I'm a bit predictable. Well, you've... I, yes. I, if it works, don't... don't Exactly. Don't flip with the formula. If a checked shirt suits you, you wear a checked shirt. Thank you. You like to wear jumpers and polo shirts. I do. It's, exactly. my, it it's my look. It works. It's, it's, we've all got our own uniforms, kids. We think we're free. We're not. Really, the man is controlling us. Ah, uh-huh. I'm, I'm, get, I, I'm worried. I'm, I'm close to a breakdown. Oh. No, I, and I'll tell you why. Because I had a friend who um, suffered a breakdown, and the reason, the way we worked out he was, he'd suffered a breakdown was he became obsessed with the twin towers and the conspiracy theories. Oh, I'm becoming obsessed with certain conspiracy theories. Oh gosh, yeah, obsessed with them to the point of thinking, well, how do I right this obvious evil wrong? Are you going to drive to Dundee in your bare feet? Uh, and eat a load of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> eat a load of Toblerone. <laughs> I, might, I, I, might, I, I suspect that my, my breakdown will be less involved. It will just be me sat in front of a computer in, in my bedroom going, how does no one know this? Oh. Yeah. Do you know how to get the smell of white spirit out of a washing machine? Um, vinegar. Oh, really? By, what, what's that? Bicarb gets the smell out of everything. But does it get white spirit out? Because... I'll, I'll level with you. Please I was do. doing a bit of painting this weekend. Sorry? I was doing a bit of painting. Of the house? No, I was, uh, something to go on the shed. What do you mean, what do you mean something to go on Why the shed? Weathercock. Horrifying. It's not a weathercock, actually. Sunny today. It's, uh, it's something to... It's a special gate for my cat. Okay. Oh. So we can have an outdoors area, indoors, outdoors luxury area right. all the time. And you were painting this? Yes. You're painting your, your cat's entrance? Yes, because my shed is uh, National well, Trust Green. Right. 
and I wanted it to match, so I painted this wood so it'll all match in. Yeah. And I spilt some white spirit right. on my trousers, so I put my trousers in the washing machine. Yeah. And now the entire washing machine reeks. Yeah. Absolutely reeks of white spirit. Yeah. And I try. I've done it on several done a boil wash. special washes. Yeah. Nothing gets it out. I opened it this morning. Still reeks of it. How can I get it out? New washing machine, isn't it? Well, I, I've only just bought it. What Take about- it back to the manufacturer. <laughs> no, no, your, your, um, no, your statutory rights are with the uh, shopkeeper, the person who sold it to you. Unfortunately, I've screwed my statutory rights by, by putting white spirit in my washing machine. Here's something. It works for fridges. Why wouldn't it work for a washing machine? Cut an onion in half. Pop it in overnight. An onion in my washing machine. You, you just want a smell that's bad, but not as bad as no, no, white no. spirit. Onions soak up all the badness. That's why you Even don't ever spirit. put a cut onion in your fridge cause it'll, and then use it because it'll soak up all the stuff. Whack it in, see if it works. Uh, she's gone. Uh, well, don't worry, we'll do this on my show. Yeah, please do. You... After 11 yeah, this morning. Yeah, don't, don't, don't people you, phoning up about If you that, can right. help, please. Sli- we slightly get higher quality call yeah, on this show. <laughs> What's on your show this morning from nine? Coming up on the big phone this morning at nine. Do you think £18,000 per year is enough for a family to live on? Work and Pension Secretary Ian Duncan-Smith will announce today that his tough benefits policies are reducing unemployment and he's determined to make welfare reforms even tougher to save money and to force more people into work. This could include a general election manifesto pledge to lower the amount of money an out-of-work family can receive from twenty-six to £18,000 per year. Well, I want to hear your views on this this morning from nine. Pick up the phone, have your say. Do you think £18,000 per year is enough for a family to live on? 08459 455 555. I can't do the maths that quickly in my head. £1,500 after taxi a month. How many people are in the family and where do they live? Well, no, that, that's a maximum. Doesn't matter how many children oh. you have, that's the maximum you can have. If you can't afford kids, don't have them. I've said that before. So if you've got... Two children, yeah. could you afford to live a lifestyle on £1,500 a month? Off the top of my head, yeah. Yeah? Off the top of my head. You've got to take your housing into account as well for that. Oh, blimey. I mean, in that case, no. <laughs> What's the right answer? I just don't know. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. What? I must have been missing you. Why? During my time away. Bought a check shirt. On your uh, gardening leave? It's really not me. I love it. Uh, it's ladies. Mind you, you'd normally wear them that pop out. Thank so. you very much indeed. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry? Not, we're really not keeping that, are we? That jingle? Yeah, yeah, it works. No, come on. It works. It's awful. It's good. If people hear a whisper, then they should give us a shout. And we've had some great stories last week. Someone phoned in about... Um, some spiders, yeah, I heard it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Richard, we need that shouting? I'm, I'm joined by my guest. I'm going to ignore you now, Richard. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. Thanks for joining us. You can sit if you sit down there now. This is the story we've been talking about this morning. It's in a lot of the papers. The RSPCA standing by its decision to prosecute a cat owner from Tring, despite his insistence the charity forced him to have the animal put down. Well, speaking earlier on the program, the RSPCA's head of PR denied heavy-handedness and insisted they acted on the vet's advice that 16-year-old long-haired cat was thin, infected, and suffering through lack of care. Well, Richard Burns is was the cat's owner. We were told the cat was very ill, discharge coming from its ears and its nose. You're, you're pulling a face that says you disagree with that. Um, well, the, the charges that were actually levered against us um, in court were uh, simply that the cat had matted fur 
and um, he was thin. Mm. So I don't know quite where this discharge from ears and nose has come from, well, but, but they weren't part of the charges. They weren't part of the charges. What was their discharge coming from the from the camp? Um, he had what what I think we people would call sleep from his in his eyes, right, and okay. that was it. There was nothing from his nose or or. Years, and, and was he suffering? Was he in any pain? No, no, absolutely not. 16 years. What was the cat's name? Claude. Claude, OK. I've, I'm a cat owner and it's important we get these things right. Uh, Claude was 16 years old. Um, uh, 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 the, the chap we spoke to from the RSPCA said both vets, their vet and your vet, said that putting Claude down was the best option. Well, as far as I'm aware, um, euthanasia uh, for any animal uh, under RCVS, Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons, um, guidelines should be the last resort and not the first resort. The problem we had here is that there was no attempt to treat Claude. Um, there was no attempt to even identify if he was suffering any illnesses. They simply wanted him put down there and then. Why do you think that was? Uh, well, uh, my view is that they wanted the, the, their operation. It's all geared to prosecutions. Right. Uh, the so RSPCA. The RSPCA, absolutely. And, um, and, and, and they wanted Claude put down. They wanted us to sign... Uh, for his authorised euthanasia and, and then for to use that as evidence against us. Uh, d d can I just go through a few things in the mail story? Because sometimes yep. newspapers get things wrong and, and, yep. and, and the RSPCA chap did challenge a couple of things. Uh, it says here that you uh, refused to sign the paperwork and the RSPCA inspector threatened you with fines and potential imprisonment. Is that how yes. you saw it? Yeah, well, um, I, I was advised uh, before going into the meeting with the RSPCA to take a, a, a mobile device and record the, the conversation. The RSPCA have that recording and a transcript of it, and it's quite clear in there what uh, what was said mm. to us. So you were threatened with fines or, or, um, or, or potential or, or, imprisonment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was uh, that was mentioned to us. How did that make you feel? That's a really odd thing to well, to do to someone. Well, uh, some of the phrases that we use were, um, uh, you know. I don't want to, but I know I can force you to sign the euthanasia. The law is on my side and, and threats of police action. And, um, I mean, my wife refused to, to sign it, mm. which I think is to her, her credit. But, um, you know, at the time I, it, we were under such pressure, I, I signed the euthanasia. It says here that you, um, your children, Dominic and Eloise, uh, who'd grown up with the cat, were not allowed to say goodbye. Again, the RSPCA chap d <coughs> disputed that. Well, it was a, it was a lady, uh, Inspector right. Rachel Smith is her name, and um, uh, what, what, we, uh, what happened is at the meeting which happened on the 17th of May last year, um, after being put under such pressure to sign the euthanasia form, which I did, and as I said, my wife refused to, I asked that the euthanasia could be delayed for four hours so we could pick our kids up after school and they could say goodbye to him. But um, it, it was made clear by the RSPCA inspector that it needed to be done there and then no, no reason. And what was, the pro so the, what was the problem with matted fur? Because it, it, obviously well, it's, it's recommended, isn't it, that if you've got a, a cat with long hair, you brush them and you yeah, keep that fur yeah. clean. Well, it, um, I mean, Claude didn't like being groomed. Yeah. Um, so you were practically taking your life into your own really? hands. Really? Because my cat loves it. Most no, cats love it. No. Okay. He, he, um, so in these early uh, years, we would take him to the vet and they were, they were happy to anaesthetise him and... and shave him uh, using trimmers and, mm. um, uh, under anaesthetic but after about three episodes of that they said that that could be detrimental to the cat's health so mm. they just refused to do it um, so we were left to really try and 
um, look after his, his matted fur as best we could, just using scissors mm. when he was asleep, basically. He wouldn't let you do it otherwise. Oh, poor thing. And as far as you're concerned, the matted fur was one of the key things in the RSPCA's decision. Well, there, there were only two, two um, charges, really, against us. One, that he was thin, mm. and, and one, that he was, uh, had matted fur. But, uh, you know, in, in my opinion, that doesn't warrant being put there how put thin sleep. how thin was he uh, he was he was always a thin cat of yeah. course by by the time this uh, uh incident occurred he was already 16 and a half so he was you know shrinking with age mm. yeah they do get very thin and bony yeah when they yeah, get older right. why are you so angry about this well I, i'm i'm angry because i don't think that we did anything uh other than look, give claude the best care or for all his life you know, the time that my wife spent uh, trying to groom him and, and keep on top of his matted fur um, all through you know a period of about ten years uh, i don 't think anyone could have done any more in fact we we took him uh, on the rspca's request back in two thousand and twelve to Alvet, who tried to shave him then without anesthetic and they couldn 't do the job they, mm. they basically did two sweeps with a razor down his his flank and and had to leave it like that and it left him in a terrible state what do you think about the rspca now i think it's out of control to be honest i i I think um uh i know that they've instigated uh, a review themselves internally uh, about their prosecution processes so they're obviously not happy themselves with how it's going but uh, i i don't think that um they're going to be uh, able to reform themselves. I think the remit of that review is too narrow and I think that the government should actually step in now and remove the right for the RSPCA to prosecute. Uh, I, you know, I, I have to say that the, the CPS decision um, uh, is, is really quite damning on the mm. RSPCA. Yeah. Now, but they, they've, um, they've dropped the case for um, insufficient evidence and not being in the public interest, which are the only two criteria that the CPS apply. So they failed on both criteria. You miss Claude? I, I, I guess oh, you must terribly. do. Listen, terribly. I've had my cat for, how old is it, about <clears throat> 13 years, you know. She's a part of the family. I can see you're very upset Absolutely. Um, we, uh, I mean, the problem is that they, after putting him down, they kept the body. Um, they kept him, that was May, as I said, last year. They decided in February this year that they wanted to do an autopsy on him to find out what was wrong, which was sort of slightly yeah. after the event, I would say. Um, that didn't really prove any so evidence. you've not even been able to get the ashes or...? No, no, they still got that. No. Richard, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us this morning. You're welcome. Thank you, Thank very, you much very much indeed. It's 8.30, let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The A1's queuing at the moment, heading southbound at the Black Cat roundabouts. And in Brookborough, it's queuing and partially blocked at the moment on the A421. Uh, heading southbound just before junction 13 for the M1 uh, due to that broken down coach there. The A1M's looking heavy just around junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M1 slow moving on the speed sensors between junction 10 for Luton Airports and junction 9 at Redbourne. Taking a look at the M25, very slow heading anti-clockwise between junction 19 at Watford and junction 16 for the m 40. In Borenwood, the Barnet Bypass looking heavy on camera between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus and the disruption on London Midland and Virgin Trains between Milton Keynes Central and London Euston. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half 
past eight, I'm Liak New. The headlines, a carer from Luton who stole £35,000 from the woman she looked after has been released early from prison. Denise Newson's daughter says she's disgusted that 21-year-old Deborah Thompson served just four of her 18-month sentence. Arriva Buses has suspended services through Berry Park in Luton following the death of a three-year-old girl who was knocked down on Friday. Police are appealing for witnesses to the accident on Dunstable Road. And a family from Tring have been told they won't be prosecuted after all for failing to groom their cat. The RSPCA decided to take action after a neighbour reported that 16-year-old Claude had matted hair. The weather will be blustery with sunshine this morning and scattered showers this afternoon. Top temperatures around 21 degrees. Celsius. That's 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Northern Ireland's Rory McIlroy won the US PGA Golf. He finished 16 under par, one shot clear of the field to claim his fourth major golf title of his career. You know, I played some great golf. I eagled a 10th. I gave myself a couple of great chances on 11 and 12 and didn't make them, but then the birdie on 13 to draw level. And then uh, I had another couple of good chances on 15 and 16 that I didn't make, but the birdie on 17 was was huge and just gave me that little bit of a, a cushion going down the last. Arsenal won the Community Shield, beating Manchester City 3-0 at Wembley. City manager Manuel Pellegrini says the defeat shows his side aren't ready for the start of the Premier League season. Ready not, because uh, this week started working uh, seven players there from the World Cup. So. Michel, Zabaleta, Agüero, Fernandinho, Lampard, Sañá. There's a lot of important players, uh, players out. But it's not only for our team. I think the, all the teams that have important players in their national squad have the same problem. The MK Dons started their season with a 4-2 win at home to Gillingham. However, manager Carl Robinson knows expectations are high for tomorrow night's performance. There's going to be many, many more ob- obstacles that are going to come very, very quickly. Obviously, AFC and Peterborough now. Um, all the focus turns on to them. Um, firstly, AFC here. So we want to start again on the front foot in that game. And we'll see where that takes us. Finally, England's cricket selectors have announced an unchanged 13-man squad for the fifth test starting on Friday at the Oval. Stuart Broad may wear a protective Mask to play after suffering a broken nose in the fourth test. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, more at nine o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. One, one. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. What are we talking about this morning? Let's have a little recap, shall we? A few things. Um, if I can't even remember how we got on this conversation. Oh, yes, I do. It was um, Kate Winslet and her husband, Ned Rock and Roll. I mean, how embarrassing is that? Uh, ladies, if you marry a gentleman, would you have you taken their surname? I suggest... Uh, you've got it slight, you've, you've been slightly harsh to me on the Facebook, ladies. You've said, uh, if you marry your husband and you don't change your name, you don't love him. Mm. No, 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 no. That's not what I said. You, you are, did a bit. No, I didn't. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what you said. And no. then I think you said, that's the quote. No, that's not. The quote was, you're not committed to the relationship. Oh. Apology accepted, Ellis. What are you doing there, Boyle? Mimicking your finger movements. I'm, I'm, <laughs> while you've been on You've got a very league, waggy finger. Yeah, I've I've been on a I've been on a course, and what I got from the eight hours was the finger is where it's at. <laughs> it's very pretty. Peter Pointer, all this. Oh, policeman tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
policeman tall. So yeah, if you if you don't, so basically you've libelled me on the internet. Well, nah, you got to prove it's not true. Exactly. Oh, I did put really underneath it. So yeah, but you put that. I know. Yeah, but you also put a misquote from me. You directly mis... I didn't say Ian said this. Read it out. (sighs) If you don't change your name when you get married, you don't love your husband. Really? Ian wants to know. Implies I said it. Did you? Implies I said it. It implies that Ian wants to know. It implies I said it. And where's the picture of a, a, a married couple? Well, I thought about that and then I thought... I yeah, because people don't like... You're right, people don't like pictures on the internet. People do like pictures, but I... Exactly! So where's the picture? People like pictures on the internet! Anyway... You're, you're treading on eggshells, young lady. Mo- You've seen what I've done to Dealey and Scoins, and I did it to Boyle, I can do it to you. You didn't do it to me. Oh, I... Uh, no. I did. I'm back. Well, yeah, because, well I, because I allowed it. Did you ever see Star Wars? Just made me stronger. I don't know what, who you are in Star Wars. Yoda, because you look like him. He's the wee, the wee Muppet. I'm, You're like a wee Muppet. I'm Obi-Wan. Clearly. Obi-Wan Kenobi? Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, you look like a dead anyway, old man. the most important... Yeah, you, like go- you look like a ghost man. Yeah. Yeah, you look like I a ghost you. man. I own you. You don't... I taught you the force. <laughs> and now you're a ghost man. Well, in that case, I am uh, Boba Fett. Oh, he's rubbish. He's not rubbish. He's, rubbish. He goes, I don't really know the Star Wars film, so I'm clutching at straws. You're more like that um, thing that they put in when they redid them and didn't need to do. Oh, no, you're... Jar Jar Bing. Yeah, Jar Jar He Binks. did not need to be in that. All right, you're Jabba Jar the Hutt. <laughs> Ooh. If you want to get involved, that's a Star Wars character, I know. That is a Star Wars character. Is it? I'm not totally. Again, no, I'm not is. not totally it's a big sure. Slug thing. Oh yeah, yeah I'll stick didn't... with I'll stick with that. And they didn't need to make him walk aroundable, did they? When they did it again, right? Someone what? trod on his tail, and it was like a. Oh, 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 what I'm saying is, you have lied. If you don't change your name when you get married, you're not committed to your husband. Oh eight four five nine four double five. Missed a bit out. Call me now. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well done. Carry on. We're talking about that. What else are we talking about? All manner of things. Okay, let's go to Janet. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. What have you got for us, Janet? This little cat. I would urge people not to give to the RSPCA. Now, now. why would you urge people not to give to the RSPCA? Because I think that the RSPCA are a little bit too big for their boots. And I do think if they've got it wrong, they would never admit. They would just carry on the procedure. I've actually written to the government months ago to say that I think that we should have a proper... um, Like they do in America. Actual police that know what they're talking about. Hang on a minute. We haven't got enough police to police people. They're not going to have time to police animals. Well, they're going to have to, aren't they? And the RSPCA should be actually helping the police out and not the other way around. When did you... Have you always felt this about the RSPCA, Janet? Yeah, always. Always? Since day one? Because when I was brought up, the RSPCA, you know, you kind of looked up to them. Well, maybe, yeah. I think you're quite right, yeah. I think as the time has gone on, um, my views have changed with them. Uh, My friend is actually our vet, and she has to anaesthetise her dog to groom him. Oh, she's a vet. That can't be. That can't be right. You know, because uh, anaesthetic on animals is quite da- uh, on humans is quite dangerous. Yeah, you shouldn't do it willy nilly. Yeah, because you can't do it to him. He just really, really doesn't like it, and he's a long-haired German shepherd. Well, that that's bad. That I would suggest, and possibly oh. in the case of this this family, well, I don't know. That's bad um, uh, raising, isn't it? Because if you get them used to the brush early on, then they'll be used to the brush. 
Well, I've, yeah. Are you used to the brush? I've got four cats, they're all groomed. Yeah. And my two German Shepherds are groomed. But even though my male dog, we've done it since a puppy, he still doesn't like it. As soon as he sees that brush, he's off. Oh, blimey. Because my cat loves it, my my rabbit loves it, my boys love it, the brush. Yeah. One of my boys has got glue in his hair. And I've got no idea how to get it out. Cut it out. Oh, really? Is that the only way? Oh, yeah. Here's something I don't get, Janet. The RSPCA, I get the need for the RSPCA, right? Yeah. The RSPB? Really? Do we need those? They're just birds. Well, well, it might be just birds to you, but they're still a, a, a living yeah, creature, aren't they? but birds. But I do think the RSPCA should concentrate on the more abused animals. Um, like, like a donkey tied up um, with an electric wire around its neck, stuff like that. And the, the yeah. fella yesterday that was kicking this eight-week-old staff that's going to be probably given a prison sentence yeah. in August. Yeah. But they should... I think they got it wrong. Pigeons with manky feet. Well... No, that's the RSPB. Well, or is it the depends, NSPCC it? I don't like? No, it's the RSPB, yeah. No, I've, I think they were too heavy-handed. They'd gone so far in this case, and they've got egg on their face. They knew they'd got it wrong. And she was just somebody... It was obviously somebody that... Them, in her mind, oh, hang on a minute, I'd better carry this through now. Janet, listen, thank you for your call. If you are from the RSPCA and you egg on your face, you could get a big German shepherd to lick it off. Oh. Uh. You won't know what I saw last week. Floating in a river. What did you see? A dead dog. Oh. It was on its side. Oh. Made me think I've never seen one before. I've never seen a dead duck before, That's apart from sad. in a fancy restaurant. But they do call people... A dead duck, don't they? Or Who? shows, for example, is a dead duck. I, I, if that's a dig at me, it don't work because I didn't get it. And it also it was a weird reference. Uh, but it was floating. It was uh, in the River that's Thames. Really sad. It was funny. No, it's not, not funny. funny. It was. It was bizarre. Um, it was unusual. Yeah. Was it? Did you feel pathos? What the the musketeer? <laughs> <laughs> I felt amorist. <gasps> <laughs> no, amorous. Stop now. I felt, stop now. No, <clears throat> it was flo- It was. It was right it was up Aramis, by the side. Actually, not amorous. All right, mate. I know. I'm. I'm doing. One a little... is a state. One is a perfume. I'm. You, I'm. But you wore it. I'm doing a little little routine oh, here. Thing. I'm this doing a piece. So I was walking down, and it was floating. It was up against the side, and I said to my wife, "Oh, come and look at this. It's a dead duck." Now, Terra romantic. When have you ever seen a dead duck? Floating. Well, where do they go to die? Where do they go to die? The weird um, poo feather feather coloured island in the middle. Hang on, let me say it again. The weird poo feathered coloured island in the middle of ponds and lakes and rivers that no human has ever been on. You know that if you go and try and go on those islands, you get pecked to death. Oh, really? Yes. They rule. Seriously. You know the islands I'm talking about. In the middle of a boating lake, there's always an island that's covered in bird poop and feathers. And feathers. What goes on there, man? What do they get up to? What do they get up to? It's freaky stuff, and you think about this stuff. I don't go close to them because I'm allergic to feathers. So you know. No, you can't be allergic to feathers. I am. You can't be. It brings me out in lumps. I'm gonna bring in my feather boa. Don't. It makes me itch just thinking about it. Okay, that's something to bear in mind. Matt in Luton. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. Oh, for goodness' sakes. Good morning, Matt. What a joyous pleasure it is to hear your lovely voice, full of the joys of summer. Well. I You're like Hurricane Bertha. You're like the after effects of Hurricane Bertha personified. Well, miserable see, and wet you and grey. It's rubbish sometimes. Excuse and me? You, sometimes your show is rubbish. But I'm phoning up about that woman 
that got done for the 35,000 by the carer. Oh, yeah, this was a, a, a dying woman. She had 35,000 pounds taken from her by her carer. The carer was sentenced to 18 months. She served four months. Yeah. I feel so sad for that woman's daughter. It's really hit a chord, as you know, with me. Uh, and it really upset me, and I had to ring you to sure. tell you that it, 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 you can't tar all carers with, you know, the same brush. Uh, brush. Margaret had, a, Margaret had carer, the best carer for seven years, one carer. She was um, unbelievable. And it took me quite a few, a long time to get a decent carer. But I, I felt so sad for that woman. I just wanted to phone up and tell you. I hope she's she's getting over it. It's heartbreaking. I, I, it, I had a nice chat with her right. afterwards because, I, as, uh, as you may know, Matt, similar, very similar thing happened to my mum. Load of money and jewellery was taken yeah. by carers. One got away with it. One went to prison. Uh, and this was, oh gosh, this was like five years ago, and it took a while. But I've I've let go of it now. Yeah, and that that lady it, has to, at some point in her life, and she will do, just let go of it and move on because you can't but have I that. I still say that carer for that responsibility she had, she was too young in. Yeah. Yes. Early 20s, I think she was. Sorry. 28. 21, was she? 21. I do know what I'm talking about when it comes to carers. Yeah, I know you do. I've been there. Hey, Matt, listen, when you married your Margaret... Yeah. ...did she take your surname? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. It's actually, the right thing to do, isn't it? Actually, Ian, we had that with my son when he got married. Yeah. She was going to keep her name. Oh, no. No, but no, But I no. gradually got round him and... Uh, how, how did she you manage to do it? Now. How did you manage to persuade her that she was making a terrible mistake? Well, I said, it's, it's, it's wrong, it's wrong, because being an old Irish traditional family, yeah. it's traditions are most important. Without traditions, we're dead. Well, um... We're finished, Ian. Well, dead? We're losing all our traditions. Yeah. But we mustn't let that one go. Matt, thank you very much indeed. There you go, you see. If this is, this is, Matt makes great sense for a miserable old so and so. If women don't take the name of their husbands, we'll be dead. Tradition's very important. I'm from an um, Irish extraction family. Yeah, and my an Irish extraction family? Yeah, we're not fully Irish. No. It's a few you generations. Just, you just back. claim it when it's cool to. No, no, not at all. But my granddad um, said that I had to keep, well, I should keep my name because um, it would be lost if he only had granddaughters. It's tough. That's natural selection. There are plenty of boils out there who can carry it on. Yeah. To be honest, I got fed up of it. Who's that woman, Boiled the egg, woman with the eyes that are too bag, close together? Boil on the bum, all that. Hmm? Boil the kettle, love. Exactly. Yeah, the woman with the eyes too close together. Which one? Boil. Catherine. No, not her. No, although... Um, Suzanne. Susan. Susan. Susan Boyle. She can carry on your, your um, seed, exactly. your namesake. Exactly. She's yeah. talented, she's rich, and she's Susan Boyle. There we go. Thank you very much. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Brockborough, it's queuing at the moment and still partially blocked on the A421, heading southbound just before junction 13 for the M1. We are seeing delays now to Beancroft Road. That's due to that earlier broken down coach. The A1M's looking heavy, heading southbound just around junction 7 for Stevenage. And the M1's looking quite slow on the sensors between junction 10 for Luton Airport and junction 9 at Redbourne. So far in Brickettwood, very slow moving on the north orbital road just off the M25. And the M25 itself, very heavy anti-clockwise between Junction 19 at Watford and Junction 16, the M40. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. They enjoying their breakfast in the background, Nicola? 
I know. What on earth is going Who is it? Goodness me. Who is it? Um, that's one of the editors. Tell him to say, Oi, editor, <laughs> shut up. We can hear you having your cornflakes. He can hear you. He Good. Can hear you. We can hear you having cornflakes <laughs> and moving a box around. I'll tell him. Thank you very much indeed. I'm glad that's sorted. Bear with me, bear with me. I wish I wore glasses. Right, it's 8.47. It's uh, Monday the 11th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A carer who stole £35,000 from a woman in Luton has been released from prison after serving just four months inside. Bus services have been suspended through Bury and Luton as a mark of respect after a three-year-old girl was knocked down and killed. And legal action against a family from Tring because they didn't groom their cat has been halted by the Crown Prosecution Service. Your calls on that and more after the latest weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a lovely start right the way across all three counties, actually. It seems we have blue sky and sunshine, but not a million miles away. In fact, just approaching Oxford, we have one or two quite heavy showers. And it looks like they may just about make it into parts of Buckinghamshire this morning. So one or two heavy showers expected. And they could pretty much pop up anywhere through the course of this morning and into the afternoon. Once that first one hits, then we could see a succession of them so when they do hit we'll get a blustery gusty breeze that's kind of what we're left with following yesterday's rather dramatic weather so look out for those this afternoon temperatures though still warm in the sunshine and in a sheltered spot you could get up to around 21 celsius overnight still breezy still some showers but eventually dry with clear spells minimum down to 12 celsius a similar day tomorrow dry start still breezy and one or two potentially quite heavy showers temperatures staying really for the rest of this week in the low 20s that's your forecast Thank you. The JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow morning, I'm highlighting one of the biggest traffic problems in Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Local residents in Flamstead say that Checkers Hill is so dangerous they avoid it at all costs. When you pull out, it's pulling out into the middle of the road. But sometimes you find people indicate left and they're carrying on. So, you know, that's how the accidents happen. The local MP has also told me it's not safe and he wonders whether it'll take a deadly accident for the highways agency to do something about it. I'll be live at the junction to see for myself, and I want your views. Park up safely and come and see it for yourself, or give me a call and have your say. The JVS Show. Live from Flamstead, tomorrow morning from 9, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Glenn's in Leighton Bazardo. Good morning, Glenn. Good morning, Ian. What you got for us, boss? Uh, a tip for Jonathan's smelly washing machine. Stinky washing machine. Okay, local and vocal. Go on. Um, he could use a product called Renovate. 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 Yeah, well, we use it in the pub to renovate and make sure the glasses are nice and sparkling. Uh, it's, it's use it with care. But my guess is is that the smell has been migrated into the plastic parts of the washing machine. And that means and he's this, screwed, isn't he? Well, the renovate will get it off. Is it reno is it renov eight? Renovate. Renovate. But is it renov eight? And it's written as a number eight? No, no, no. Okay. No. Maybe it's a dance troupe I'm thinking of from the nineties. <laughs> uh, uh, will, will it get it out of will it get it out of the machine? Surely white spirit is something you can never get rid of. It will get rid of it because it's a very strong bleach. But then it doesn't linger. Once it's gone through oh. its cycle, 
um, a couple of cold washes or a couple of boil washes after that, and it will release all the, the bleach away. But it will also take the odours too. Yeah. All right. Do you imagine how many glasses that go through a glass wash? And um, at the end of the night, we uh, put it through. And so it's all nice and good for the next morning. Glenn, listen, uh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, excellent advice there. I've just seen this story on the, the, in the mail, page 12. Opposite the uh, story of the cat family. If you want to give us a call on that, 08459 455 555. Ban children from heading ball. Sorry, this was yesterday after I was throwing things at my children's heads. Sorry? It wasn't books or anything. I mean, it weren't many books. Children should be banned from heading while playing football because it's too dangerous, says a leading neurosurgeon. Dr Michael Gray a motor neuroscience expert at the University of Birmingham, says their neck muscles are not developed enough to handle the shock of impact and the subsequent impact of the brain against the skull causes damage. He said it was not clear at what age children's necks become strong enough to withstand the movement of the head when it's struck by the ball, but some colleagues have suggested 14. He's not a killjoy, though. How do we know? Well, because he goes on to say this. I do not think that children should stop sport, added Dr Gray. But we do need to look at rule changes and the way we train football. Oh, you're having a laugh, aren't you? We're never going to win the World Cup like I care if kids aren't allowed to header a football. How many kids are in hospital as a result of heading footballs? Oh, don't, don't tell me there are stats out and there's going to be loads. But come on, guys, they're heading a football. It's football. I never liked the head. I never liked the header or the goal. I never liked the football, actually. It's a horrible sport. But I, I could never go for a header. I don't know why anyone would do that. Glory, though, isn't it? If you the, get something enough a header. The most painful thing... Do you know what the most painful thing in the world of sport is? Um, I think it involves groins. No. No, 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 no. No. Uh, it involves, well, it, it does involve balls, yes. Um... Ellis, any, any ideas? The most painful thing in the world of sport. In the world of sport? Yeah. Not just football? No, the, the, the entire world of sport. Snooker cue in the eye? <laughs> there are worse places. Headlock from giant haystacks. No, daddy splat is worse than that. No, it's catching a cricket ball yes. that's come flying down from the sky. It's the most painful thing in the world. Why would anyone want to do that? You want to see my husband's fingers. No, I don't. He looks like a tree frog. They're all bulbous at the ends. What's that got to do with cricket oh, balls? Oh, that, is, that is linked. Yeah. What a weird sentence. You want to see my husband's fingers? Yeah, if you want to know pain. T- <laughs> is that a threat? And he does that for fun. He's threatening me. I feel threatened, so it must be a threat. Take it as you will. Blimey, I'm not taking your husband's fingers anywhere. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Now... If uh, you don't take your husband's name, what? I'm just going to say something technical. You don't have to. I've let dragged, it, I've dragged it onto a hot key already. Well done. I've, Carry seen, on. I've seen, yeah. Go on. It's like Scoring's last week. I'm doing an interview. He says, yeah, move on from this, mate. All right, all right. He was okay. bored, that's why he told me. If you don't change your name when you get married, you don't. I don't. I didn't say. Who's written this? This is not what I said. If, if you don't change your name when you get married, ladies, you're not committed to don't the relationship. You're not committed to the relationship. Implies lack of love. Oh, flipping it. Danny Bailey. Hello. Hello, Danny. You're right. I'm fine. I'm sorry you've joined us this week when uh, there is some things are still unresolved. 
Uh, you took this to the streets. I did. Did you get a lot of feedback? Well, I got some feedback and then... Uh Oh. Then the old technical stopped working, didn't they? So oh, you got a couple. You sakes. got a couple of uh, couple of views in there. Should we have a little listen? Yeah, go, Here we go. go on. So, Vicky, are you married? No, I'm not. If you were ever to get married, yep. would you change your name? Yes, I would. Why? Why would you say yes? Because it's tradition. I think everyone changes their name, didn't they? So, yeah. That's no, why. No connection. Like no strong feeling no. that you'd want to keep your name. Or anything. No, 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 no. Angela. Would you ever change your name, your surname, if you ever got married? No, I wouldn't change my surname. Why not? Because for me, it's an identity. I'm also a writer, so that's how I'm known, and that's how I would prefer to be known. Yeah, all right. You can you can still keep put your name on your books or your magazine articles. Of course, you can do that. Yeah, well, yeah, you could, but. You know, it's the principle, isn't it? What principle? There's no principle. You're, I'm in, I am giving you the chance, Danny, yet again, <laughs> to be a permanent part of my life, to share the highs and indeed the many, 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 many lows <laughs> that uh, come through being a part of my life. Yep. And yet you can't even make one tiny little sacrifice. What would you like me to change my name to, then? Lee. Danny Lee. Danny Lee. Mm, uh, uh. Danny, thank you very much indeed. Sounds like a boxer. Or a club singer, Danny Lee. Doesn't matter. She's not going to marry me now. No, you've, it's off. you've blown it. It's, well, it's off. See, I'm on my best behaviour now. Listen to my stomach. You can't do it on purpose, so stop I trying just did to it. indicate. Go on, do it again. Hang on a minute. Put it near the mic. Why do you stand up? Here we go, here we go. We're coming. now listening to coming. Ian Lee's <laughs> internal organs. There's one coming, here we go. Hang on. Here we go. There you go. There you go. I can't hear it. You, Ellis can hear it, can't you? Let's shh 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 shh. Jonathan can't believe this. He's got to ble- follow this rubbish. Shh, shh, shh. Listen, listen. Here we go. <laughs> 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 that was a bit worried about what we might hear. No, I know, I know. Oh, I've got a story to tell about that, but not for the radio. <laughs> uh, we've got a uh, text about dead birds. <laughs> we had a dead. P- <laughs> we had a dead pigeon on the patio, possibly flown into the conservatory. I laid it on a low brick wall. Why would you do that? Respectful. And after half an hour, imagine if you were found dead in someone's garden. They just laid you on a low brick wall. Where's the respect there? <laughs> After half an hour, it was gone. Could it have been taken by a red kite, says Heather, near Aston Clinton. Oh, you could be the reanimator, Heather. You could have brought it back you to could life. Have felt better. It's like when, when your guinea pigs die, don't bury them, because they're probably not dead. If you massage its heart... Goldfish. Oh, the goldfish are dead. No, no, when they do that thing lying on their side sometimes and looking dead, sometimes it's just that they've got a, uh, what's it called, a swim bladder problem. And yeah, you but them peas and they're all right the again. The peas thing is nonsense. Trust me, I went through about 15 goldfish in the space of three months. The peas thing do not work. They're all alive down the toilet. Yeah, plotting uh, revenge yeah. <laughs> on us. Well, All they needed was a pea. Catherine, I'll give you four out of ten for today. Ellis, if I'm bothered about what you give me. A nine out of ten as always. Boom. You are bothered by what I give you. I was bothered by that. that. Why did she get nine and I got... Because she was excellent. We'll talk about it off air. It's not to be done. (sighs) Thank you very much indeed. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
still queuing at the moment on the A1 heading southbound, approaching the Black Cat roundabout, and also taking a look at the A421 heading southbound, rather slow between Bingcroft Road and Junction 13 for the M1, following a broken down vehicle. The M1 itself looking heavy heading southbound between Junction 10 at Luton Airport and Junction 9 for Redbourne. And in Hartford, Old Cross is closed between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street due to some emergency repairs that are taking place. The M25 looking very heavy heading anti-clockwise between Junction 18 at Chorleywood and Junction 16 for the M40. Just checking on public transport, everything's running well, no reported problems or delays to the trains. Nicola Richards, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Nicola. Scott's tweeted, I only cried twice at school and both times were after I tried to catch a cricket ball. It's the most painful thing in the world of sport. JVS is up next. We're back tomorrow at six. Until then, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday, it's not raining, and it's nine o'clock. On today's big phone-in, do you think £18,000 a year 